Just, but just. Oh God! Well, <laughs> solamente. There it goes. Solamente. My co-host Conover. What's going on, brother? Hey, everybody. What's going on? Uh, you may have noticed uh, the title to today's episode is "The Labor of Love." Uh, Care to elaborate? We went with that title. Um, because we didn't really feel like fucking recording anything, and, um, sometimes a labor of love can be a little bit more labor than it is love, but, uh, it is a labor of love, and, um, as much as we just want to sit here and not do shit... We've committed to bringing you an episode every other week, and we are going to stick to that. Um, Discipline, baby. Yeah. Uh, It's something that that I'd rather not be doing right now, but I know that once this is up, I'll be very glad that we did it, that we stuck to it. I I was flirting with the idea of... Uh, just putting something out saying we were going to uh, be taking the week off or whatever, um, but fuck that, you know. This, I mean, all we got to do is sit here and talk. Yeah. So um, here we are. Uh, it's just the two of us because we wanted to have a guest on that kind of backed out on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were looking for somebody else, and it didn't really come to fruition, but that's okay. It's it might pretty... someday, you know. Yeah, that person might eventually come on, but for now, you just got the two of us. We were going to actually record yesterday, and we were like, fuck, what uh, What do we talk about? We had a, I had a snow day. We both had a snow day today, yeah. so we were just both like, all right, let's off. just record No today. excuses. Here yeah. we are. Yep. And yeah. funny thing about discipline, actually. I said discipline about getting this out there. I uh, used to work with a guy who always had this thing, and this is completely off topic, but I, uh, there's this guy I used to work with and always used to say he hates when people call doing things like this discipline because of the negative connotation that comes with the word discipline of, like, punishment. Like, people right. that are out at 6 o'clock in the morning have uh, running for their fitness, have discipline, as people say. Quote, unquote. Right. And he would always say, like, no, that's not discipline. They want to get up and go running. If they didn't want to, unless somebody was holding a gun to their head, they wouldn't have to. So I shouldn't have used the word discipline before. I don't don't know if I agree with that, though. Yeah, I mean, it was just his philosophy. I certainly don't have the discipline to do that. Um, But is it discipline or is it will? The will to do it. Because that was that was always his thing. Like, you're, it's not about discipline getting up out of bed. It's you. If you didn't want to go do it, you wouldn't go do it. I guess. You, like, if we ended up at the end of the night saying, you know what, dude, we'll just do this tomorrow. Like, we just would have ended up doing it tomorrow. Or we 
have the discipline, air quotes again, that we're doing it right now. But I would rather say we have the will to do it right now. Fair enough. The ambition. <laughs> the ambition. The ambition. There we go. Um, so, and the dedication. Sorry. Yeah. So, uh, granted, 24 hours ago, we didn't really have anything to talk about. We did. We spent our snow day uh, filling our minds with with some some good stuff, some heavy shit. Yeah. And we certainly have things to talk about now. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I think I want to just address because it's, it's fresh in our minds is we finally sat down and watched the Netflix documentary, The White Helmets. Yeah, which I knew nothing about prior to you asking. I, I heard about it, I forget, I think I saw an article on Facebook about it when it first was released last year sometime, I don't remember exactly when. Um, they said July 2016. Some, somewhere around there, yeah. yeah. But it's about a, a volunteer group of almost 3,000 people in Syria who are uh, first responders for when there are bombings and airstrikes and stuff in Syria. And um, all this time, I haven't watched it because I knew it was going to be heavy. And I just... I was not emotionally prepared to deal with seeing that and and knowing that whatever whatever was going on there whatever was going to be shown in that documentary was going to be some heavy stuff and there wasn't much I could do about it and it would be heartbreaking mm-hmm. and it absolutely was mm-hmm. um I mean I think there was one thing they said there was like 58 uh, airstrikes in one day yeah. in Aleppo yeah. at one at one time or one point or whatever. I don't remember the exact statistic, but I mean, this is the reality that these people live every day. Mm-hmm. It's just you get up and you go search through the rubble to see if you can find survivors and very often find casualties, find people who, uh, you know, you just find dead bodies underneath the rubble of buildings that have been blown to smithereens by this country or that. Um, it was actually, if if I had realized it was only a 40-minute documentary, I probably would have watched it sooner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the 40 minutes, they really only mentioned Russia. But I'm sure that uh, there's other countries involved. And I'm uh, definitely... Between the two of us, there's not nearly as much uh, knowledge as we would wish. <laughs> We're yeah. definitely, I mean, we've talked before about how foreign affairs in general are not either of our strong suits. Nah. Um, and, and again, this reinforces kind of why, because we watch this and all it is uh, is just showing these guys... Uh, going in and digging people out of the rubble, and and they go like to like literally digging people out of the rubble, and like you see that shit. And yeah, so it's and terrifying. There, and there's a there's a training camp, a month long training camp. I think there's one in uh, Turkey, yes. and there's one in Istanbul. Yes. And these guys take a month out of their lives. They go train Is with Istanbul no experience. Well, the they were the one they showed was in Turkey. But they, the one guy said, before this, I was at uh, uh, another training facility like this in Istanbul. Right, that's right, okay. 
Um, and one of the guys, while he was training, there was an airstrike where he was from, and his brother died. In he was in the the airstrike was targeting hospitals. His, I guess his brother was mm-hmm. in the hospital, mm-hmm. and his brother died while he was in training to go be a, 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 a what do you call it a first responder for these attacks. And it's just fucking heartbreaking, man. Yeah. I mean, immediately, I, again, I I hesitate to even say this because I feel I I don't even feel like I deserve credit for it, be, but. Immediately, I felt like, what, what can we do? Mm-hmm. And uh, can we don't? Can we at least, at least, donate to this cause? And we went on uh, to. I just googled something, uh, and it came up. And I donate a hundred dollars to them. I posted the link to our Facebook, so please go check that out. And if you can help, anything. Just donate and and get these people some help, some training, some some resources, whatever it is. I don't know what they are gonna do with that money. On but I... on the actual organization page, you could donate now. Was that the one you were looking at? I the, think so. And did you see how they had like a list of things? Like you could donate a pair of safety glasses for five. Bucks. Oh, that wasn't what I, I was on. Something else. Okay. All right. right. So yeah, you could like donate specifically like knee pads, safety goggles. Um, there you go. So I that's think like Tyvek suits was one of them, uh, and I mean all the way up to like uh, three thousand uh, dollar. What was it? I think it was an air raid siren or some shit like uh, that. Something was like th- three grand, and I was yeah. just like, damn, yeah, like that's you know. So and you're I mean, not that- only. My point is, is you're not just giving your money. You're you can actually go to the organization website and say, you know what, I want to donate a pair of knee pads for X amount of money, and they'll physically get the knee pads. And I like I like when foundations and things of the sort do that because you you get to itemize your donation and see specifically what your money's going towards, or at least have an idea of what your money's specifically going to. And I mean, that's that's really... Oh, man, it's like... what I was speechless. Excuse me. Speechless. I was speechless when we got done watching. Like, I was choked up. I, I mean, it definitely got me. I mean, it's one of those documentaries that's supposed to, but at the same time, it is a reality. So, if it gets you, it gets you. It's not anybody's fault but the situation's fault so i I was choked up sitting here i know you were friggin' disturbed by it we were just emotional but speechless like i had no idea what to say because like you said that helpless feeling there's just just that helpless feeling it leaves you heartbroken and helpless Mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do you can't go out and it's not right here i mean i suppose you could fly there and Join them or something. My first, while we were watching, I was just like, "This is the shit that makes me want to just fucking." And I'm. This is not disingenuous whatsoever. I mean this. Like this. That like shit like that makes me want to just drop my job, drop everything I'm doing, go over there and help those guys, and not even necessarily them specifically, but people like that that actually need the help and need the resources, not just throwing money at some other cause that's already being funded by you know big wigs or whatever you want to call it you know like i would drop everything if i had the opportunity if somebody asked me do i want to go over there tomorrow i would i would go tomorrow and like i said i'm not lying i would do it and that's where that's where i again i feel even more helpless because i can't say that 
I'm, that would, I do not, I don't have a problem admitting that I don't have the fucking balls to go in there. Mm-hmm. Like, if someone was like, we're gonna go to Syria, are you coming? I'd be like, no, I'm fucking scared of that shit. That's mm-hmm. horrifying. And, and I, I wish I had the courage to do that. I do not. I do not have the courage to do that. And, and that's why it made me feel even more helpless. Because it's like, I want to, I would love to, but I would be a, a hindrance to those people. Those are, those are brave fucking people who, when it, you, you see a, a point in the documentary where they hear the, uh, the planes or whatever it is flying overhead and they're just sitting around having a meal and they drop everything and they run and they mm-hmm. get up and I'll just be like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. I'm scared. I'm, it's scary. Like, it, bombs going off, man. Like, that's horrifying. And, you know, we, I don't, I don't want to say joke because it's not really a joke, but we, we you know, we talk about the white guilt. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes... Uh, and I was going to say, and it's not a guilt thing with me, it's the potential of saving a life is right, what but, makes me want to go. But what we're... Uh, yeah, right after we watched it, we were saying, you know, we joke about the white guilt thing, but, like, that pales in comparison to the American guilt that yep. just by just by chance, just by chance, we were born in a, in a place where that is not something we have to worry about. Mm-hmm. And there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people who, just by chance, were born in a place where that is something they have yeah, to worry about every day. Constant strife, yeah. And it's like, how do I? How do you reconcile that? How do you feel okay about that? I and I, I mean, I, obviously you don't. Yeah. But it's oh man, and um, yeah, you know, I I don't want to presume to to talk about who's doing what and why and and all those things because i really i'm i'm very ignorant about the issues themselves i don't know and i i just can't i can't get into that shit it's so heavy and there's so little that i can do that's why i, I focus on the things i focus on because i feel like there's something i can do you know with just by sitting here talking to you by you listening to this right now i feel like i'm 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 doing something even the tiniest bit to help society a little bit you know if you're listening to this hopefully you're somebody who's who wants things to be better and you're looking up to to what we have to say and and that that makes me feel fulfilled but if i were in syria there isn't shit i feel like i could do i don't I, i don't know i'm I don't, you know, I tried to work at your job for one day and I couldn't do it. And, uh, oh man, it's, it's just fucking heartbreaking. Well, and that was kind of what was, you said about, you know, trying my job and shit. These guys were like, what, one guy was a tailor before he joined the organization. Another guy, I think, was um, a barber, I think, a blacksmith. Yeah. So these were just straight up blue collar dudes that decided, hey, we're going to go save the country. Or, you know, save people. Save people. Yeah. And they yeah. were like, it doesn't matter what side you're on. It doesn't. Oh, you know, yeah, that was a big thing. Yeah. If you're a person in need, you're a person in need. End of story. And that's heroic. It is. I, nothing short. It's, yeah, that's heroic. Yeah, it is. 
I don't know, man. It's that's some heavy shit, and it's it's just like they had uh, um, a video from a couple years earlier of a one week old baby oh, who was God, trapped for yeah. sixteen hours under just the whole a whole uh, just a just whole a building, mag- yeah, just a whole fucking building, just tons of cement and rebar. And that's then, all you say. Yeah, and then later they had brought that child back to the training facility. I think it was like a year and a half or something. Uh, two years, two years I think, after. I think the child was two years. Yeah, and it's like. That's a that's a miracle that this kid mm-hmm. is just oh, and I can't I can't imagine the emotions these guys must feel seeing that child knowing that that wouldn't that would be a dead infant if it weren't for them mm-hmm. digging for sixteen hours sixteen hours nonstop oh, nonstop and, but and can you imagine the I hate to be morbid but like. To get there and to see the baby not alive, that would just... The horror. Oh my, yeah. And that's, that's you know, oh. they didn't show stuff like that in the documentary. No, they but, showed us one death in the documentary. Yeah, but that's the kind of shit that they have to see every day. Yeah. It's, it's dead body after dead body after dead body. And they're talking, oh, we pulled out one alive, but we don't know yet. And this and that and all that shit. It's yeah. like... And a lack of communication from here to there with the one... um. The one guy's brother, they couldn't get answers about whether or not he was actually alive, so he's just sitting in this, like, fucking limbo of not even knowing if his brother was still alive for probably, I think, what they showed in the documentary was at least two hours. He went not knowing if his brother was even alive anymore. It's just, it's horrible. And I, I, my hat's off to them, or helmet's Mm, off, I suppose. (laughs) Well done. Um... So definitely, it's on Netflix. It's only forty minutes long. Um, I, there's and it not flew really, by. yeah. It and flew by. I mean, there's really not much of a of a of a story, but it's it's more of a uh, a facing of a reality. It's just the that's, the, yeah, the act of yeah. seeing it in as close. You know, I mean, short of VR. Uh, it's the closest you're going to get to actually going there and, and, and just seeing it and seeing what these just normal people from a different part of the world living a different kind of life and just take, take, making the decision that that's what they're going to do. And, uh, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking, but it's also inspiring. Absolutely. That there's people, there's people who will do that. Oh, it, it was heavy, man. It was heavy. And knowing that the issues over there are so complex that to just try to sit down and be like, okay, what's going on? Like, it would take forever. Mm-hmm. And especially in this day and age of, of news and bias and all that, you would never get a, a, an understanding and you'd never be able to have conversations with anybody without it being like, oh, that's not the reality. You would have to go and live there. You would have to go and talk to, you know, people in charge of this and in charge of that. And I, I just, I, I would have no idea where to start and end. And what's kind of scary about it is the people that are so xenophobic uh, to get them to watch something like that. The reaction would just, I again, I hate to be so crass or what have you, but I I do know people 
that would just be like, fuck them, just bomb them all, get rid of them all, and just start fresh, you know? And that, I hate even, like, saying that, but I do know people that would watch that and just be like, that's why we just need to blow up that whole fucking area of the world. Like, people would think that that's an actual solution to this problem. I mean, after watching that, I can almost, almost, not quite, but I can almost... You know, somebody who's not, uh, let's say, who doesn't have a very high emotional IQ, let's mm-hmm. say, would just really not be able to reconcile what they're seeing. Their brains would just switch and and rationalize that mm-hmm. they're they must be bad people, yep. or they they must be there must be some reason they deserve that, and, and that's why they would come to a conclusion like that. They'd hear the voice and hear the language. Mahala, and, mahala, yep, mahala, yep, and right away, oh, like, oh fuck they're fucking Al Qaeda, the fucking Taliban. It's just like no, that's got nothing to do with this. It's like these are just people. They're just people. And they're like, you know, uh, what was it? One, one, uh, I think it was the same guy whose brother who died. It was like, can you, he was on the phone trying to figure out what was good. And he was like, you know, uh, he heard that his son was okay. And then immediately he was like, but you know, what's the difference? At, oh at, yeah. Between, you know, between my son and, and, and anybody else's son, mm-hmm. they're all, what's their sin? I yeah, think that's exactly. Yep. Yep. I mean, obviously, religious overtones, but that's, you know, that's neither here nor there when you're talking about something like Yeah, this. we can and chalk that up to semantics yeah. or something like that. And, yeah. and it's like, but, yeah, exactly. And the point being, it's like, what did any of these people, whether they're related to you or not, what did any of these people do to deserve being blown the fuck up? Mm-hmm. And we're, because ta- we're talking civilians here. We're talking civilians. We're not talking armed people or people that are trying to, uh, what's the word, deliberately defend themselves against the opposition. These are just civilians. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, just people. And to think that this is the reality that they have to deal with is horrifying. Mm -hmm. It's horrifying. (sighs) I don't even want to, I think we got to move on. Yeah, we can't can't bog down Because I can harp on it all day of how fucking serious and traumatic that's mm-hmm. gotta be and it's just like what did what did i do to fucking deserve to be born into the life i was born into mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day i guess you just gotta be thankful and uh and try to make the best of it and 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 i think that's that's really what we're doing right here well and that's why i always say when people ask me how i'm doing i'm always just like well, I mean, I could comp- I could complain, but what that what's that going to do? Somebody's got it worse. I always say, no matter how bad my life gets, there's seven billion people in the world. I there's got to be somebody who's got it worse than me. So just just remember that. Keep it all keep it all in perspective. There's bigger picture. It's not all about you. You know, and and speaking of even just right here, you know, there's a a, a girl I work with who I won't mention her, mention her name, but. She had a fucking tough week right here in America, in New Jersey, right in the safety of all this shit. Our comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, her best friend died of drugs on Monday. What's today? Uh, today's Tuesday. So mm-hmm. last Monday. So a week ago from when I talked to her. Her best friend had died a week earlier. 
And as I was talking to her, she was in the hospital uh, visiting her cousin, who was in induced co- in an induced coma uh, after being in a horrific car accident. And she didn't know if she it was very touch and go. She didn't know what was going to happen with that. And it's just like shit, you know. Just before I was talking to her, I was I was kind of feeling. I don't know what I was feeling, but I wasn't in the best of moods, mm-hmm. and I mean, even that put it in perspective. Yeah, it brings you right back. It snaps you back when you hear somebody else's story, and you're just like, what the fuck am I complaining yeah. about? What am I bitching about? You know, and I, I mean, I find myself doing that a lot just with work alone, you know, like specifically with, you know what, yeah, let me go there for a second specifically with jobs like I bitch about my job but then I think about those guys doing that or on a less extreme level I think of miners coal miners I think of you know under deep sea fucking welders and shit like that like my job's hard physically and all that and it taxes you know mentally it's taxing as well but not nearly as bad as some of the jobs I could go off about. You know, even my brother has had jobs that are harder than what I'm doing now. So point is, it's just, somebody's got it worse. No matter how bad you think you've got it, somebody's got it worse. And I'm not saying to not, like, care about yourself and not exactly. take care of yourself. Yeah. But just, that that's part of it. Being mindful of the fact that somebody does have it worse is, on, it's a coping mechanism for me. Um, not to exploit somebody else's suffering, but it does keep me in check. Yeah, there yeah, we go. It that, keeps me in check. Yeah, there we and go. that's 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 where I was going to go. And none of this is to say that you're not allowed to have feelings. You're not allowed to to get upset about mm-hmm. things. You're not allowed to dwell. On, you know, we're all allowed to do that. That's fine. That's but, human. Yeah, absolutely. But at the end of the day. You can dwell and dwell and dwell, or you can have your emotions, face your emotions, and cope with them, and and, and then recover on your own, and and just be and feel better through your your own thinking. It's it's something you can just do, just sitting there, Uh, just by thinking about perspective. And having and and trying to to adjust your perspective instead of focusing on woe is me, have your emotions, let yourself feel what you feel, and realize that you're feeling what you're feeling. But then you you know, like you said, put yourself in check and and realize mm-hmm. what you have, all the things that you should be grateful for and you have that you can be grateful for, and you will feel better, which is ultimately what you want anyway. Yeah, I mean, luckily, uh, this girl's cousin is is in more stable condition now, but you know, uh, it it really hit a soft spot with me. Her losing her best friend, as you guys know, uh, I lost Acon a few years ago, and that was three almost yeah three and a half years ago, and it's it's still it's still tough. There was a a, a little video on facebook i saw the other day it was a, actually a snap story it was like that friend that never wants to go out but you guys always have the best <laughs> night and he was like, like hey funny. dude let's go out and it's like no i don't want to and it's like all right let's just go get food he's like just food all right just food 
And she's like, and a beer. No, 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 just food. And then, uh, you know, the snap story continues, and they go, well, we'll get two tequila shots. And, you know, it's like, and then at the end, the guy who didn't want to go out was like, best night ever! You know, and I was like, damn, that was that was me. I never wanted to go out, and Akon would always be like, yo, come on, let's do this. And we had a great fucking time, and, oh, it's it stings. And I really feel for this girl who has just begun that journey of, living without yeah. that person who was right there for I don't I don't know how long they were friends for but she said it was her best friend and and I I knew immediately after Akon died I was sitting there we were all outside the hospital still just didn't know what to do didn't know where to go uh and I was just like shit this is this is this is my life now my life was one way 20 minutes ago and then I found out about this, and now my life is completely different forever. And to think of her just starting that journey now is, uh, it, it, it's, it's sad. And, uh, I really wanted to, it's hard, because you don't know what to say. It's, it's hard when anybody loses somebody, you know, when they lose a, a grandparent or, or something. But, you know, when you lose someone that's so young... It's even harder because there's even less to justify it, uh-huh. you know. And I mean, Akon died in a, a motorcycle accident. It was just by chance. Um, but this girl's friend uh, died by drugs, so there's all this stigma attached to it, and and that's got to make it even harder. And I just feel for her, man. It just sucks. It's hard. I don't know. I don't. I don't, wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And that's when it's like again puts me in check because, you know, being in a recovering addict and all that shit. Oh my god, there was a time where I'd look, you know, I'd say to myself, "I'm ever gonna be off this," and then there were the days where it was just like, "I'm just gonna overdose one day." Like it's coming. Like I did have those moments, and like people would tell me, "Bro, you got to be careful. You're, you know, you're gonna fucking end up killing yourself." But it would just be like, nah. I'll be fine, I'll be fine. But there were some very existential yeah. days that were just, just like, like fuck, this is, this is how it's going to happen. This is my life. Yeah, this is my life, I'm gonna and I'm going to die. And then it's going to be the end, and that's mm-hmm. how it's going to go down, period. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, looking back, <sighs> yeah, man, you know, it's like, where, where would I be? Where the fuck would I be? Who yeah. the fuck would I be living with? <laughs> I certainly would never have started this podcast on my own. That's for damn sure. So, <laughs> where the fuck would I be? You know, even... It, oh, it's just such a heavy topic. It is. It's, it's so it's so rough. But, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, you are here. I'm here. Uh, Akon's not here, but I'm, I'm still trucking. Still keeping on. <laughs> Keep you know on, what I mean? Keeping on. There's 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 nothing else you can do, <clears throat> and you wanna. There's times where you wanna dwell on what could have been and and how, yeah, just what could have been. But you can't because it never it never was going to be that way. Right. It, it, it was always going to come to this. Right. And there there's no there's no alternative. And so life goes on, and you just do what you got to do. 
and um, it, it, there's certain lessons that I learn and certain traits of my personality that, that are the way they are that couldn't have been that way without having overcome what I've had to overcome. And, and same goes for all of us. Same goes for you. Same goes for all of us. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just a, it's just a fact of life and it sucks, but being able to, again, cope with that kind of shit is, is what allows you to become successful in, in areas, you know, I'm not necessarily talking about money, but to be a, successful human being to be someone who overcomes adversity to be someone who is grateful for what they have to be someone who is able to find uh happiness in in their daily life you have to be able to go through those things and to overcome them and to accept that that is life that's what happens it doesn't always go the way you want it to go yeah unfortunately it does not sorry if this is a Kind of a bummer. I told yeah. you we didn't have a lot to talk about. So yeah. we're kind of harping on some shit here. But right. uh, the fact is, you can't always be happy-go-lucky, positive uh, about everything. Life is real. And in order to be positive, in order to summon the, the positivity that you want out of life, you have to be able to face the reality that not everything is sunshine and daisies. Mm -hmm. There's shitty aspects of life, but the point is you can be a happy, successful, uh, uh, fulfilled, content person despite those things. Mm -hmm. And lighter news. <laughs> what else did we do today? We, uh, <laughs> we watched the fucking bombing of Amy Schumer. Oh my god! Yeah, I think that'll... Oh man! That'll I forgot about here. that. Yeah, that'll that was horrifying. Yeah. Also on Netflix is Amy Schumer's new special, entitled yeah. The Leather Special. Not recommended! No. no it no. is... Painful. I, is it, <laughs> I, I dare I say, is it a train wreck? It's, it's, hey! <laughs> I mean, it was just... I, well, I w I've been on a little bit of a stand-up... Uh, bit, or <laughs> a little bit of a stand-up stint the past couple, probably about past week on Netflix, I've been trying to watch a lot of the uh, Netflix specials and whatnot, and I saw, you know, I knew that the Amy Schumer one had just come out, so uh, this morning, actually, I was watching Ke one of Kevin Hart's, and I was like, alright, what do I want to watch next, and I was uh, adding different specials to my list to be like, alright, well, let me make sure I watch this one, let me, oh, wow, there's the Amy Schumer one. So I click on the Amy Schumer one to add to my list, and there I see it. One star on Netflix. And I was just like, one star? Like, uh, some of the stuff that has three stars is uh, has three has three stars, but it says one star. And I one said to myself, is it really going to be that bad, or is it just, you know, a Netflix, a Netflix bias? You know, it's the, these are just Netflix ratings. So, at now that Lutch, Lutch and I have watched it, I'll say that there were some reviews that were just saying just too much Amy Schumer, it just her being way too carnal, and just, it was just gratuitous Amy Schumer. And that's it was bad. That's what it was. It was bad. It was one star Amy Schumer trying to look like Eddie Murphy, and what was that special? Was it Delirious? Mm, I 
think so. Raw was the red leather. That's what I'm thinking. That's what oh, I'm Ra- thinking. Eddie, yeah. Eddie Murphy Raw was yeah. the red leather. But, uh... Oh, it man. was a disaster. Like, I mean, yeah, she looked bad, but, uh, you know, you don't watch Amy Schumer for her looks. Um, As I, she makes sure to tell us every <laughs> fucking five yeah, minutes. Yeah, we were talking about show. how the self-deprecating humor mm. is... is it, it's become trite at this point. It's like, we get it. You think, you don't think that much of yourself, you know, whatever. Um, but to just say, just talk shit about yourself is, is not fresh. You need to have some type of mix between self-deprecating and observational. Like one of her jokes, which was much like every other of her jokes is, on my best day, my pussy smells... Like a small barnyard animal. Oh, yeah. Not like a large one. Like, small. oh, come on. Small. And it's just like the whole fucking special, the whole hour, is just her just talking about sex and getting cummed on and... And, and like, I don't want to hear the feminist shit. I don't want to hear that. Like, yeah. it's, that's got nothing to do with it. Oh, she's so brave for talking like that. No, no, I don't want to hear it. It's because she, I mean, she's done it already. Yep. She's already done it. And she had a show where yep. she's done it. Yep. And then she came out with another special yep. and she did that. And then she had the Trainwreck movie where she did a lot of that that's, too. That's, that's, it's, it's fucking like, called Trainwreck. Oh my, like, like, what else do you want? Like, everything she does should just be called training. <laughs> at this point, because like, that's all we're getting from her at this point, dude. She, she doesn't have anything left in the arsenal. No. Uh, I mean, no. I think that she, I don't know, because there was also, there was also the whole thing where she was accused of stealing jokes. Right. Um, yep. And I don't really know... Do you know the particulars? All I know of it is probably the same thing you know of it from Rogan's podcast. They were talking... I forget. Oh, I think it was the... It was one of the first ones I listened to, actually. But, yeah, they were talking about how Schumer was... Her joke, jokes were very derivative, and some of them were, like, word for word from bits earlier in the 2000s, either of her own or other female uh, comedians... Um, excuse me for, (laughs) um, but yeah, so all I know is that she was accused of being very derivative and actually just straight up regurgitating and recycling jokes. So you would think that she would come out with something with a fresh perspective to say, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. But she just played right into every critique of her and proved every critique right. And she got, she posted some picture, uh, I don't know if it was on her Instagram or in a magazine somewhere, where she was either naked or in her underwear, and, you know, again, with the whole feminist thing, like, she's so brave for doing that, she's proud of her body, whatever, and it's just like, dude, like, first of all, it's not, like, you know you're gonna get attention, you know you're gonna get notoriety for it. So it's not brave, it's just, it's hacky. Yep. (laughs) The hot skinny chicks use their hot skinny bodies to make money. The not so hot skin, not so hot, not so skinny chick is making money with her not so hot, not so skinny body. You know, it it works both ways. It works both ways. And so you would really expect that she would come out with some, some, 
intellectual content. Something nothing heavy that, whatsoever. N- nothing. There nothing. was no nothing. There was a few lines that made me laugh. I mean, yeah, she's not the like, one-liners. There, yeah, there were some lines that were just like, oh, that, that, I mean, that's kind. And of I mean, the, the the sad part is the funniest parts were when. Uh, I think it was, she, she was like, I'm laying on my back, and there's three zones where you want to get, uh, where he's going to come. Where is it? And she asked the audience, and, uh, the, someone said, your ass! And so, at that point, you can assume she's ad-libbing, because mm-hmm. she, you know, and, and she said something, like, I, my ass, I'm laying on my back, like, what are you talking about? And she, I forget exactly what she said, but... That was the funniest fucking part. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, you can be funny, but you're trying to... It seems like you're just trying to play and uh, try to pander and be this character, this edgy girl who talks about sex and whoa. But it's like, dude, that's so 1990. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not edgy anymore. Nobody gives a fuck if girls talk about sex and, and we get it. Girls have sex. Girls are independent. They're just women, as dirty as men whatever. are, apparently. Yeah. And all that shit. I, uh, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, and there's no problem with that. But it's like, it's not fresh. It's no. not new. It's been done before. Yeah. It's like people talk, what's the deal with airline food? <laughs> I mean, you. she may as well have. Yeah. She may as well yeah. have. Well, it's like I said to you while we were watching it. She's like a bad Lisa Lampanelli. Like, there's... There's some that there's something to be said for the delivery too because when Lisa Lampanelli does it, she fucking she does it. goes for it. She and goes it's for fucking it. Hilarious. And it, yeah, and it lands. And, and it's I mean, even there, hilarious. even there, I have to say, her or the last special I saw from her, I haven't seen anything from her in a while. The, the last only thing I, I've seen her on roasts really the past few oh, years. Okay. But the her last special even was still a little bit derivative of her own material, and it's mm. just like, all right, you're just. You're just doing the Lisa Lampanelli thing now. And and I was saying, if I was a female comedian, or a comedian, <laughs> I really don't know how to say that word. Because uh, it is spelled different than yeah. comedian. Like comedian. A comedian. 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 They're all comics. Yep. There, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, but I was saying, if I was a female comedian, and, and I was trying to make it with actual humorous content and you have an Amy Schumer out there doing the shit she's doing it's just like this is why nobody fucking respects female comedians because you do shit like that and all you do is you talk about sex for the shock value because girls don't usually talk about it and and you know like Whitney Cummings was just on uh, Rogan's podcast mm-hmm. not for the first time and she is she talks about sex she talks you know it's not like you can't talk about it but she, it's it's with a point. It's not just for the shock value of saying it, just for the sake of saying it. Right. She has jokes. She has stories or punchlines or whatever it may be that are unique to her. That are 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 fresh. And she's a very intelligent person. And I think Amy Schumer is too. And that's what again, what the sad thing is. I don't think that she's just that dumb and trashy. I just think that she's doing it because I that's she thinks that's what people want. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she got laughs in the crowd, but how much of that is just environment and atmosphere and the whole placebo? Eff- yeah, yeah. <laughs> the placebo effect of like, oh, I bought tickets to this show, so I'm gonna have a good time regardless. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, 
to the contrary, I was, again, watching other specials. I watched the Bo Burnham Make Happy special. Dude, that was a fucking brilliant performance, in my opinion. Yeah, I... That I, was incredible. I have to say, the special before that, uh, I'm not really a fan of when comics do musical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Dimitri Martin gig. Well, I was gonna say aside from Dimitri Martin, oh, oh, because okay. Dimitri Martin is the exception because he's a fucking genius. Yeah. He's just fucking. He's so smart, and his his he's got a very Mitch Hedberg type. Love just, Mitch Hedberg. Just oh fucking one liner after one liner after one Love liner Mitch after one liner. Just joke, 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 and they're all very intelligent, very observant, very you know just good. Jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it didn't really bother me when he did it, but I know uh, Zach Galifianakis had a special where he does a lot of it behind a piano, and it it, it even uh, the the special Bo Burnham had before that, mm-hmm. before what is it called Make Happy? Make Happy was the one I watched. Yeah, yeah the one before one. that, he he does uh, musical stuff, and again, it just seems like a distraction. From the fact that your jokes aren't really that funny. So mm-hmm. you put it in a song and it's magically supposed to be funnier. Uh, and I, I'm just not a fan of it in most cases. But uh, that, yeah. I, I can't say I actually rem- I haven't seen it because I saw that special when it first came mm-hmm. out. When was that? I think two years ago. Two, I think. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say 2015. And um, I, I wanted to give him a chance because the jokes themselves were funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I'm not, it turns me off when they go behind the guitar, behind the piano. It's just like, I don't, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for stand-up comedy. I want to hear perspective and, and I don't want to hear funny, something that's funny because it rhymes. See, that, that's what I liked about it because I did think it was going to be hacky. I thought it was going to be very gimmicky and all that. But there, and I mean, it is all a performance, but at one point, one of the things he's talking about is... It's not just funny because it, like, it's not just funny because it rhymes. This is actually funny because it's funny or, you know, something to that effect. And then later on in the show, uh, later on in the show, he um, does a song and he starts talking about how, like, as a performer, he appreciates what he's doing, but he doesn't know if the audience appreciates what he's doing because he doesn't know anything about the audience and how it's so Hmm. meta because there's... Without the audience, there'd be no performance, and without him, there'd be no performance for the audience, and we're both performers, musically, mostly, so, like, I could really relate to that, and it was just like, wow, that's a really good point, like, I wasn't watching a stand-up comic, a stand-up comedy special at that point, I was watching a comedy performance at that point, and then even later on, like, just on a more emotional level he starts talking it, it's called make happy he he starts singing about how i can't handle this right now and he's talking about the pressure that is that he puts on himself to make the audience happy to make the audience laugh and as much as it wasn't uh, as much as it's clearly part of the performance it really does hit home and you're just like wow like you start this guy's think, for real. Yeah, like that this is some real talk. Like yeah. and he's thinking, did I succeed? Did I make these people happy? Did I make them laugh? And point my whole point of this whole thing is just that it was just one hell of a performance. And again, I did think it was going to be hacky, 
thought it was going to be gimmicky, and I was so pleasantly surprised by the end. Because halfway through, I'm sitting there thinking, alright, like, I get it. He got a couple piano tracks, he got a couple, I don't think he played guitar, but there was this one where he was playing two personalities at the same time, and just the way that he was so capable to flick the switch, he was playing a girlfriend fighting a boyfriend, and like, the girlfriend part of the performance was obviously very angelic sounding and all that, and then he would switch to the boyfriend part of the fight within like one click of a quarter note it would the music would just switch and his voice would switch the the production the lights would switch and it was just a whole fucking show and it was if for nothing else again as a performer i can appreciate what that takes to make that switch and to just like go from talking like you're being a the bitchy girlfriend to just being like eat this dick bitch and with it (laughs) i mean i'm quoting that's basically what he was telling his this this girlfriend he was imitating but it was just such a performance man like i felt like i was watching quality theater as opposed again as opposed to Mm stand-up comedy you know and i yeah i can't i like i said i don't remember exactly uh i could watch it again and and it would be like watching it for the first time so i don't remember what the like content wise what it was but i remember being pleasantly surprised about uh, his special because I was always like, eh, I don't really like Bo Burnham, you know. Again, I only recognize his name because he's come up on Pandora when Mike and I are in the work van listening to comedy. What was that guy, Stephen something or another, who did on or mostly songs? Stephen something or another. I'm not gonna think of it. I don't remember. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And he yeah. had like deer penis. Oh fuck yeah. Steve, mm-hmm. Was it Stephen Fry? No, it was something oh, longer. Oh god. Yeah, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Speaking of comedy specials that kind of break the mold and and fucking do work and become performance art, Neil Brennan. Oh, oh man. Yeah. That one you showed me was something else. Neil Brennan uh, used to write. He, he's a co-creator. I think co-creator if not uh, just a writer, but I think co-creator, of uh, Chappelle Show. And oh, wow, I didn't know that. You didn't know that? I he didn't... talks about it in the special. Uh, but, yeah, Neil Brennan, Three Mics. Phenomenal performance. He comes on stage with three microphones, and he has one microphone for one-liners. One microphone for, you know, your typical stand-up comedy bits, like stories, uh, and one mic for serious shit, like not jokes, uh, and he talks about his depression and, and a, a, a lot of different serious things, and it's just a, a completely fresh, brand new thing I've never seen done yeah. in comedy before, and it was so raw, and it was so real, and again, you know, he, he goes from one mic uh, for a little while to the other mic, and the lights change, and he'll go to the third mic, the lights change again, and, it, and it's like three different performances packed into one, and it was just, oh man, if you're looking for comedy specials, Neil Brennan, three mics, definitely one to watch. Um, who else, who else is fucking 
great. Obviously, you got your Bill Burrs and your Joe Rogans. You got, uh, you know, a lot of people. But um, speaking of female comedians, Ali Wong yeah. does her special. Go. That came out last last year. Might yeah, we, we watched it a long time ago together. Um, she does her fucking special while she's pregnant. And, Very pregnant. <laughs> and again, she talks about sex and she talks about things like that, but it's not gratuitous, mm-hmm. as we were saying, like it was with with uh, Amy Schumer. And she, you know, one of my favorite parts of it, she has this bit about uh, feminism, and she's like, "We can go to work. We can do anything." She's like, "Bitch, shut up! I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I just want to sit on my ass." And it's just funny because it's like, who wants to fucking go to work? It's like, of course, you as a you know, you you as a woman, you want to have the same rights as everybody else. As a as somebody who believes in that kind of thing, you want everybody to have the same rights. But at the end of the day, of course, you don't want to fucking go to work. Yeah. One line out of many funny lines. Speaking of which, we had International Women's Day. Yeah, yeah, a day we without sure women. Did. We we sure did. Did you uh, notice anything different about your day on that day? I day saw. That woman? I I mean, no. <laughs> I saw a lot of women wearing red. That's pretty much all. Did I that saw. happen? Didn't notice. Yep. That's and I mean, I only saw that because I saw it on Instagram. Like, and then there's the ones that are doing the complete opposite. Like, I'll wear whatever the fuck I want just because it's Women's Day. I'm not going to be all unified in red. So. Yeah. Women need to have a meeting. Y'all need to have a meeting <laughs> and figure out if you're actually going to run with this feminism shit and how you're going to do it because you're just starting a fucking sexist civil war with yourselves. Yeah. You really I are. mean, there's one person actually said made the misogynist, a, very, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> made, a, made a, a very, one of my friends made a very good point. Uh, one of my female friends. And she was like, yeah, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to uh, skip work. Um... Because, you know, I have a fucking job. It's, the whole yeah, point is that so, I have oh, the job and I get paid. It's such a paradox. It's like, what are you fighting for? You yep. already have the job. Yep. So you're going to walk out of the job that you fought for the right to have. That just, and that's what I'm saying. It's just starting a fucking civil war amongst the women. Like, you need to figure out the best way to go about it if you're going to do it. And yeah, it's like what was the what was the main point? What was the what what were you trying to accomplish with the women's rally? Like I'm all for equality. Absolutely. But what are you doing? What is the point here? What are you trying to accomplish? What am I supposed to take away from that as a as a man who already uh uh wants equality for people in general? Whether you're a woman or a man or gay or Muslim or atheist or whatever, you should have equality. I already, I'm already about that life. Mm-hmm. What, what else do you want me to do? Y'all need to be equal with yourselves if you want equality with everybody else. I don't know, and it's you know again, it's going to sound so fucking chauvinist and everything, but it's sorry, not sorry. I, I don't, I don't think it is. I don't think it is at all. I hope not. I hope it doesn't come off that way. I just, my whole thing was, I, I felt, I put something up on Facebook, on my personal Facebook, I felt the need to say something, but at the same time, I didn't want to say uh, anything too 
I didn't want to... Provocative. I, well, not that. I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> but I didn't want to stake a position in anything because I don't really know. Like I said, I, I wasn't being facetious when I said, what was their point? What were they trying to accomplish? I don't know. Mm. I didn't get the memo on what was trying to be accomplished by the Women's March and by skipping work. Like, what are you trying to... I really didn't know. So I posted something saying that in this day and age, I really think that the oppression of women and the and the trials and tribulations of women, which are absolutely real. You can't discount that. Yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah. understand that being a woman it comes with certain baggage that men don't have to deal with. But I think that true oppression, you know, when we talk, first of all, we talk about the fact that the wage gap is a myth. And that has to do with, with career choices and hours worked. The oppression that is occurring is all a byproduct of other things that I think we address on this podcast. Oh, you know? yeah, for sure. I, I think if we just talk about uh, uh, equality for or, or, or fair treatment and, and opportunity for people of lower socioeconomic status and, and, and just things like that and religious... Uh, you know, or, or, or secular values, all of those, all of the the things that affect women that just happen not to affect men, would be solved by the fact that we're treating people fairly in general. And I just don't think we're at a place where women are being directly oppressed in the same way in our culture and the way that, like I said. Other cultures, you know, we talk about Muslim Muslim mm-hmm. women being oppressed by... But that's a matter of religion. That's mm-hmm. not a matter of just women's rights. That's a matter of an entire ideology that's looking at all of life itself in the wrong way. So, I mean, you could talk about... I could talk about, you know, how being brown is... It, it comes with its own baggage. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's... There's an agenda out to oppress brown people. I think it's a byproduct of the fact that we don't have an equal society in general. Mm-hmm. I think the same goes for women. I don't know. I think it's just, it's, it's pretty, it seems pretty simple. And Yeah, and they need to take a page out of the book of the civil rights movement of the 60s. Because I'm sure there were blacks that were like, we shouldn't need... A Black History Month, or what's, or you know, something mm-hmm. like that. So, just as there were women saying there shouldn't need to be a Women's Day, or I don't need to wear red to represent women, I'm sure there were blacks that said I don't need Black History Month. But every like they, they we celebrate Black History Month, and no, I, I mean I don't often hear like I don't want any fucking Black History Month because Morgan Freeman said that. Did he? Yeah. I okay. I didn't. I agree. That. I, um, I agree. I think by uh, your your, we don't have to. We shouldn't have to. Like I, I'm, I'm in. It's uh, just such. It's it's a, it's hypocritical in and of itself to have to have that Black History Month, in my opinion. Exactly. If you want equality, then you should be. Uh, We've talked about this before. I feel. <laughs> I feel like this has come up before. Yeah. With, you're like, actually making the divide worse yeah. by 
Good. Yeah, we definitely have topics because about then you, this before. Because it just begs the question, well, where's White History Month? Yeah, yeah, oh, God. Where's yeah. International Men's Day? Where's WET on cable television if there's a BET, you know? And then it's, oh, well, every channel's WET. And it's just, oh, my God. So just by creating a channel that's supposed to celebrate a specific race, it alienates every fucking race because we have one specifically for one. And it could be black, it could be white, it could be brown, it could be yellow, red, tan, orange, I don't give a fuck. I'm just, that's the example where, that's the, you know, that's what we've got, black entertainment television. And that is a good segue into Get Out. Perfect. There we go. Perfect. Fucking Jordan Peele. Wow. Hundred million dollars opening weekend for Get Out. We saw the movie last week yeah. at some point. I don't yeah. remember. Last Wednesday. But last Wednesday. fuck, what a fucking film. What a film. I mean, it it brings in uh it's a psychological thriller. It ta- it, it brings in uh, social commentary. It talks about race in a way that's not I mean, it hits the nail on the head. It certainly talks about uh race and black issues and black people and you know, it starts with all oh, the, the the interracial relationship and the. It's like, did you tell your parents that I'm black? And that that whole thing. But it's not necessarily. You know, at the one point, uh, you know, the guy's like, "Why black people?" And the guy, you know, no spoilers, but the guy's mm. like, "Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't care less." And it was just, I don't know. It was, but but aside from the social commentary, it was just a good. Film directed by uh, directed by a black comedian mm-hmm. for, for I mean out of fucking nowhere mm-hmm. uh, the guy from Key and Peele yep. the guy who always plays the dumbass yep. and just comes out with this fucking phenomenal thriller and it was just a good movie race aside you could have used all white people you could have used all black people with the same uh, script and it would have still been a good movie yeah yeah I have to agree it would have been. I don't. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil That's, anything. There's so many things I want to say, but yeah, I don't want to spoil that movie for anybody because that. Oh my goodness. Maybe we'll so come good. back to that in like a month or, yeah, or so and yeah. give you a chance. But definitely, if go you are hearing this and you are planning on seeing it, the one Do thing it. I will. Yeah, the one thing I will say aside from go fucking see it is just keep your eyes open and just um, be mindful of the things we have. Uh, revealed. That's all I'll say. <laughs> that doesn't give you much. It really doesn't. But I just, there's just so many things that I want to say, but I can't. It'll spoil it. It'll absolutely spoil it. And you know what I'm talking about. That's the worst part is you're probably sitting there just like, oh yeah, this, this, Biting this. my tongue. Yep. And that fucking article you posted on my page after we saw it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Great. Um, speaking of movies... Another terrific segue, which we never fucking have. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, the fan film. The ah, Breaking Bad fan ah. film. Is that today, too? Yeah. Holy shit. That's what we did today. It's been, yeah. a, long, it's been a long day. Yeah. Doing pretty much jack shit, but watching shit. Um, yeah, so I don't know who it was, but I, I just saw something on Facebook. was just scrolling through, and somebody... Uh, truncated all 62 episodes of Breaking Bad into a 127-minute film. That's just over two hours. Mm-hmm. 
interesting is all I have to say. Yeah. It was it was a an, an experiment in editing and storytelling, I That's, would say. Oh, for sure, for sure. But so much so much is lost. Mm-hmm. And I think you can appreciate what is being attempted if you were a fan of the series, but I would beg you, beg you not to rob yourself of the experience of seeing the season itself. The series. By the the series itself. Okay, by watching sure the movie did. without having seen the 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 series. Yeah, because I'm a dumbass and said, yeah, but if you didn't see the series first and just saw the standalone movie, it'd be better. But then you're like, yeah, but then you know how the fucking series ends. Yeah, and I was like, like oh, half yeah, of the shit. Have, I mean, half of the reason that the series is so great is because of all of the 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 action and the the big plot points, the climaxes that somewhere in the movie and somewhere somewhere just ignored. Yeah, uh, and there were storylines upon storylines. Yeah, left but the other—that's the other reason that the show is so fucking good—is because the characters are so deep and complex and and uh, continuitous. Is that a word? Sure. Like the continuity of these characters being real people is so believable in the series, and all of that is lost yep. just because it's sixty-two hours brought down to two hours. Yep. And. Understandably, not all of that can be captured. No, and I can only imagine that's what it's like. You know, when someone's like, "Oh, the book's better," but this is the <laughs> same medium. This is the same medium, so it's not the same thing. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, you have the 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 series at your disposal right there to watch if you're going to watch something. You know, my one friend who would fucking love... Oh, you fucking... You guys know yeah, Nick. Yeah, Nick yeah. would fucking love this series. But he just, for whatever reason, won't watch it. And he's like, I, I posted the article, and he liked it. And I was like, Nick, don't, don't you, you dare like it. <laughs> if you watch this shit, you're a fucking phony. He's like, now I don't have to watch the whole series. I was like, exactly. Yeah. You don't get it. You don't have to watch the series. You get to watch the series. And that's really what it is. I mean, the, you, you, it's, it's a treat to see the, the screenwriting, the character development, the acting, the developments, the storyline, the, the storylines themselves. All of that is so, just so well done. And none of it is, is you know, because he's a big fan of uh, Sons of Anarchy. And I watched Sons of Anarchy. I thought it was a great show. But by the end, they were just fucking buying up airtime. Oh, they man. had hour and a half episodes yep. every week. And it was just all just drawn the fuck out. And let's be out. serious, we knew how that was going to end. I, Dude, I, and I'm no bullshit, I knew how that series was going to end four episodes into the series. I, my mm. hand to God. My hand to God. Dear Jesus. Sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> I, I'm dead serious, though. I knew that that's how that shit was going to end by the fourth episode because of all... They were just dropping and planting way too many seeds yeah. in those first couple episodes. I was just like, oh, daddy issues. That, he was, he's going to die. This one's going to die. This one's going to die. And he's going to end up doing that because that's the same thing as dad did. It was just way too easy. It was just way too easily written, in my opinion. And now, apparently, they're going to do a spinoff of it. Really? You haven't heard about that? No. I, for, I forget. With what? With who? Um, 
I don't, I know very little about it. I saw one trailer for it, so maybe it's not happening anymore. But I, I saw imagine. one Everybody's trailer. Dead. Well, and I think it's supposed to be a different gang this time around. Uh, but still yeah, with, uh, there's this one, there's one or two characters that they do bring back to tie the gangs yeah. together. But yeah, apparently there is a spinoff coming. And the last I heard, fall of this year. It's coming out, so maybe after that. this, we'll have, like look because up the by the end, I honestly I wasn't watching like I didn't watch it from the beginning. I had to catch up. I Netflixed I, it. So. Yeah, I think I only watched the last two, maybe three seasons live, um, and it, it was only because I'd gotten that far, and I was like, well, I'm not going to abandon it now. Um, and I mean, it's a good show. It's a good show. I would definitely suggest watching it, it if you haven't good. seen it, but. If you have seen it, you know it's probably not something that you've gone back and rewatched. Because it's, I have no desire to rewatch no. that. Yeah, it's just no desire. That is a show that you could make a movie out of. Yes, because it's just all there. There is a lot that's gratuitous in that show. Yep. I I, re, I actually it's funny you should say it like that because when I was Netflixing it, there's a lot of shows that like. Since I've seen them already, like, Himium, I can't tell you how many times I've fucking watched that series by now. Like, I'll obviously... <laughs> oh, dude, I've gotta be up... To, oh, yeah, I gotta be getting up to fucking Double 10 digits. by now. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like, I just keep that shit on repeat. Um, but my point is, I can afford to miss episodes because I've already seen episodes, obviously. So, like, if I fall asleep to an episode and three episodes play, the next night I'll be like, oh, I missed that episode, but I know what happened. With Sons, when I was, a treat for next time. Yeah, yeah. But when I was watching Sons on Netflix, if I missed an episode because like I had fallen asleep or something, I didn't care. I didn't go back and really? rewatch that episode that I missed. I would just go to the next episode and be like, "Oh, okay, so this, 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 and this must have happened, and that was huh. the case." And that that was kind of a letdown because like if it's a good like you wouldn't be able to do that with Breaking Bad. I mean, the argument could be made, okay, yeah, maybe this episode you could leave out. Maybe this episode you could miss. But there is something in every single episode. Mm -hmm. I would make the argument, and I obviously can't think of a 62 examples right off the top of my head. Yeah. But there is something in every single episode that ties to the bigger picture, whereas with a show like Sons, you could skip an episode or two and still know exactly what was going on, still appreciate all the Easter eggs, all the little shit here and there, and, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I didn't I didn't really miss anything. We're still doing this, or that happened and now we're moving on. That's just how that show was for me. It was good, I enjoyed it. I just hated knowing what was going to happen before the fucking fifth, fourth, fifth season, or fourth, fifth uh, episode. Yeah. I don't know. It was... It, uh... I think it was cool, but I think if it was maybe an HBO or Showtime, they could have done... A little more a, badass. Yeah, a little yeah. more badass, and, and just... I think the way it was written, it was just a little too self-indulgent. Elaborate. Give me more. They just, like... Especially by the end, in the last season, when they are doing hour-and-a-half episodes, Ugh. like, you could make those 45-minute... Cut them in half. 45-minute yeah, episodes, easily. and have the same exact shit happen. Yep. All the storylines. What the fuck is that? Oh, don't no, don't do that to me. Ah! Is it by me? What the? Why is it on the couch? What just happened? Stand by, stand by. What did just happen? There was like a bug of sorts. 
the fuck. That's so, why I did want to seal up that fucking door. Because even though the air coming dude, in isn't that bad. Anyway. Huh? They would get in either way. I know. I didn't even see anything. It, crawled, it looked like it crawled out from under my ass. <laughs> Got bugs crawling out my ass. Jesus. Where the fuck has that shit been living? It, there's fucking a foot of snow outside. That's why it's living in here, I guess. Uh, yeah, but... <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, anyway. Yeah, any hoozles. Um... Sons. Yeah. Not a... Not, not a top ten on my list, for nah. sure. Nah. The um, Breaking Bad movie, it was... It was cool. Wouldn't uh, watch it again. Yeah, no, I, I... I Yeah. Wouldn't watch it again. Nah. Definitely, definitely would beg anyone... Who has not seen the series? Not to watch it, but I would suggest uh, or recommend it to someone who has seen the series to check it out, mm-hmm. just to see, you know, a, a fan. It's almost like fan fiction type. Yeah, shit. It's, it's it's an a, arrangement. It's, it's like a when fan somebody, reimagining. Yeah, it's like when a composer takes a really old composition and rearranges it and makes it, you know, like I don't know, fucking metal composition or something for example right. it's an arrangement like because it really there was uh, yeah there were a lot of things that were like did that even really happen in the show like that or did that no that didn't happen in the show like that yeah they it, did rearrange a few things yeah so it definitely was an arrangement and for that for fans of the show you can appreciate that even more but I think I appreciate the show even more having seen the movie too. Mm. So yeah, that's another definitely. that's another thing if you have seen that's, the yeah, show. Well put. That's why I would uh, that's why I would recommend it, it to exactly. someone who exactly. has seen the series just to be like you know you, you it hits all or it hits a lot. It doesn't hit all. It hits a lot of the points uh that were good about the series but you really it highlights how much is missing when you see it broken or truncated exactly. down what uh, like all the the struggles of of Jesse are it, it just Jesse's almost a non-factor it, you, yeah all we I, I mean I'll just say it nah nah I won't spoil it nah I won't I won't there's not enough to spoil yeah yeah um what do you think about the uh Jason Silva's new show oh that's pretty fucking Pretty, 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 uh, pretty, pretty, good. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I actually, um, I think it was Friday or Saturday. You were working, and I saw it was on the DVR, and um, it, you had already watched it. So I was like, the first episode, uh, you had yeah, already watched it, and uh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, all right, Snook, so let me watch this one, and we can watch second episode and shit. So I was watching that, and I was just like, wow, like what a take on such simple concepts. Like, the first episode was basically all about fire, mm-hmm. and how, like, fire changed, made us the first animal to be able to make fire, and just how that did so much. Like, people say, oh yeah, we discovered fire, yeah, we're mad, we discovered fire, but if you really think about it, how the show broke it down into, without fire, we wouldn't have you know, weapons without fire, we wouldn't have projectile weapons without fire. We wouldn't be cooking our food without fire. We'd be spending, 
tw- I think they said like twenty hours of the day chewing, chewing yeah. and now we're, we only spend you know four One, hours of the yeah. day chewing, maybe two hours of the day chewing, just because of fire and being able to cook meat. And then it was fire. and then fast forward to thermodynamics and and space travel, and it's it all goes back it to all the goes discovery back of fire. To fire, exactly. And then the, the second episode uh, was what was it about? That was. Um, Medicine, medicine. Yes, yes, medicine. And yep. how, yeah, again, just like no other animal has medicine the way we do. And I, I'm pretty sure that you could find examples of animals using uh, natural remedies for this or that. Instinctually. Yeah, but nothing like what modern science and modern medicine mm-hmm. Nothing like that. Not even, um, we could even argue ancient medicine. Yeah. It was just the poppy, you know, and shit like that. Like, no animal that I know of or have heard of has ever, like, discovered a, well, like you said, natural thing. But we did it not out of instinct, but out of necessity. Whereas of, animals do it, they do it out of instinct. It's like, they just have that in them that they know that, okay, this is either going to help or hurt me because of evolution Whereas we were looking for medicine, uh, humankind was looking for medicine to fix something. Not just because we knew that there was something out there to fix us. It's that we, it was like, it was somebody, somebody along the line got sick and was like, shit, we gotta find something to fix this. You know? Jason Silva uh, definitely delivers. Hashtag crush. <laughs> definitely, uh, fucking delivers. Uh, you know, if you have seen some of his uh, Shots of Awe on his YouTube channel. It's not quite as philosophical. It's more historical. Uh, but with that Jason Silva twist. Yeah. You know? And the passion he has for what he talks about is, is just awesome. It's, it's so nice to see somebody putting these types of shows together and, and, and letting someone like Jason Silva... Talk about someone like Jason Silva, meaning somebody who's that passionate about these issues, passionate about uh, the history of human, you know, because the show's called Origins, going the journey of humankind, and someone who's passionate about that in, in general, and and the the past, the present, and future of that journey, and what everything means, and breaking things down, and and you can hear it in his voice the passion he has, and it's it's just. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, another another score for Nat Geo. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, right? That is, yeah, yep. that's Nat Geo, yeah. They, they, they actually just have that thing on tonight about uh, water in California we gotta catch. Oh, I word. mean, it's not gonna happen because we gotta play Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. Which is fucking insane. We've played, we're now on season three, which uh, we only just found out have only re- uh, released the first two episodes. But... We had uh, originally bought season one of the Walking Dead video game the uh, from Telltale Games, uh, and it's basically a fucking movie Pretty that much. you choose. It's a choose your own adventure movie, basically with a few action parts. And you know, I I mean, we bought the PS4 basically to play UFC, um, and we have Call of Duty, which we haven't really even mm. touched. But we're not really gamers. We're not really into games like that. We don't play like RPGs and mm-hmm. stuff. I just don't have the patience for a lot of them. Yeah, we or the time really. Yeah. But 
this the and I'm, and as I'm told, a lot of Telltale games are like that, and it's very Which cool because they're very sense. simplistic. You have options as to how to whether it's a conversation or which you know which person to shoot or or what to do whatever it is it's just you know uh, square triangle circle x you just pick one and the the story plays out and you make the decisions and it's about the decisions there's no complicated controls that you have to do and and it, or anything like that so as we're recording this we have the second episode of season 3 downloading and the the greatest part about it is that all the decisions we've made in season one transferred over to season two, which then transfer over to season three. Uh, and so cool. it's you know we put so much work into like the first episode. You're this guy, and he finds this little girl, and you got to protect the little girl. And the second season, you're the you are the little girl. And because we made decisions to to be direct and toughen up this little girl in season one. Then in season two, when we became that little girl, we had the ability to be Bad-ass. a badass. <laughs> yeah, and now in season three, we come we're we're someone else, and she comes up again, and she's this badass, and we it's just really cool. Unfortunately, like we just played the first episode; it's five episodes per per game per season. Uh, we played the first episode. We're downloading the second episode. But we realize that the other three episodes have not been fucking released yet. Mm-hmm. We read that March 28th, it's the 15th right now, we realize that the first two episodes have been released, the third episode isn't coming out until the 28th, and we don't even know when the fourth and fifth episode are coming. Yeah. So, I mean, granted it takes like an hour and a half, two hours per episode, but you get fucking hooked, mm-hmm. and you want to play the whole thing. So, I mean, sometimes we would just, you know, play an episode and leave it till whenever. But to know that they're not even available, it's just like, oh, uh, no, yep. we gotta wait two yep. weeks for this! Yep. Um, but we're definitely gonna be going back and, and like, alright, let's play it this way. Let's play it, let's yeah. choose this, you know, answer. Let's go with this decision and, and see how it plays out. And it's really cool having our, um, I guess... Not life, well, just our just our knowledge about psychology, the human mind, and all yeah. that shit, and how we can just so like not necessarily easily, but so um, deliberately play apply on, that, yeah, yeah apply, yeah, apply our those life experiences yep. to this game, and it's mm-hmm. it's like you know they're they're hard decisions, you know, you have to, yep. it's about where your loyalties lie and yep. things like that, and I mean if you haven't been through serious life experiences where you have to make decisions about looking out for yourself or looking out for your friends or making those decisions, then I, I don't know that you'd be able to, to navigate this game as easily mm-hmm. as I feel like we have. I feel like we kind of, not knowing what was ahead, we've made the decisions that have yielded the results that we wanted, not knowing uh, uh, what was coming. And we've been able to do that because... We know how to be loyal. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I fucking I fucking sat in a courtroom with the ability to fucking fuck my friends over and not done it and because of my loyalties and shit like that comes up in this game. And yeah. it's funny to just see how how real this shit is. And we definitely gotta try that crowd play shit. 
Like, that dude. Oh, my yeah, God. Was, I can't imagine how that would work. Because I, yeah. you make the decision so quickly. It's it, definitely going to be... I Well, just... I mean, just conjecture here. But I feel like it's going to be... Everybody is the same person that's in the room playing with you online. But when it comes to decision time, it'll be like... Alright, there's a 15, you know, 10, 15 second clock on this decision... If you don't vote, you vote for silence or the majority, or it's just an absta- uh, abstention, and abs- to abstain and abstention. Sure. Sure, yeah. Um, you either just abstain from the vote, or you make the vote and majority wins. And I was saying before, like, that's, like, that's a fucking social experiment. Yeah, like, how people see. approach yeah. this type of shit. Yeah, because me and you have a game plan of, alright, we're gonna be like this with this person, we're gonna be like that with this with that person, and we're gonna keep this person on our leash, but let them do this and let them do that, and then exploit that for our own good later. But, you know, if we're in a, you know, uh, an online room playing with people we've never met before, and all that shit... They could be voting to be complete dickheads, and we're just like, yo, hold on, show some compassion to this person, so later on in the game, we can fucking turn them on it, and, you know, use them for what we need them for. Or just because they're good people, we want to have a strong team going through the fucking zombie apocalypse. Yeah. So that's going to be be some shit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we don't want to bore you with exhaust, just talking for the sake of talking so we're gonna make this a another two-parter like we did with i believe it was what arp 20 i think it was 20 um so we'll be back tomorrow hopefully with some more shit to talk about i won't have gone to work uh but conover will have i'll uh be doing some shit you know occupying my time like i used to before i was working reading up on this and that i'm sure there's some political shit i could dig up or whatever it may be but for you it will happen just like that and so we'll see you in a few seconds peace and we're back it's been about 24 hours since we recorded probably about 0.24 seconds since you last <laughs> heard us we've got some more stuff to talk about yay, yay. I guess uh, the first thing I wanted to touch on was something that we actually touched on yesterday with the whole feminism, this, that, whatever. Last night I watched the Netflix documentary Aubrey and Daisy, which is uh, basically about a number of uh, teenage girls who were supposedly sexually abused. They live in small towns and gets around and it ruins their reputation and, you know, being a teenager, that's like the end-all, be-all. Basically, it really made a distinction for me between the reality of cases like that and the reality of somebody actually getting to a point where they're physically, sexually assaulting somebody. And the difference between that and talking conceptually about feminism and the movement of feminism and things like that. And I, I definitely, it, uh, I don't know, it hit home because I felt sorry for There's these another girls. another rough one, like white helmets. Um, not as necessarily, not, like, visceral, but... 
Yeah, not quite, just because it's an issue that's out there, and that's it's not a, something yeah, I wasn't unfamiliar yeah. with. That's a big um, difference, yeah. Not the same shock value. Yeah. So I wrote something to that effect, basically what I just said, um, in a little bit longer form, on my personal Facebook, and somebody who identifies as a feminist kind of came in to give me their two cents, and was like, feminism isn't just about women's rights, it doesn't exclude minorities, anything like that. And, uh, you know, I was like, yes, I understand that. But the fact is, the term feminism or feminist, they're very polarizing words. And they tend to do more harm than good at this point, from at least from what I can see. Yeah. And so while the values might be something to stand up for and to support... And well-intended. The, well the semantics of it, the, the using those words, seems to be counterproductive. Again, what is your goal? And if it's to accomplish what feminism, quote-unquote, should be, and that's being hindered by simply using the words, it seems to me not to make sense to use those words. This person's argument, she started off by apologizing mm. for any feminists who have given me the idea that fem feminism is just that feminazi thing. Mm. And I'm like, exactly, though. Like, the point that you have to be an apologist means that... Something's wrong. Something yeah. isn't right. Yeah. And so I made the comparison to atheism and and how up until recently the toxicity of the words atheism or atheist it automatically went to the militant atheist oh, thing yeah, absolutely um but well, i that's think what happened that night on 1015 so it is still out there but it's just not as bad as it was it's not nearly as bad yeah. partly because of the new atheists and and yeah, them for sure. For sure. Uh, being a bit more open-minded definitely yes. more approachable about their uh, yeah too, more approachable you know? and then just the the lack of religious affiliation that we find in in our country we seem to have reclaimed those terms i've seen in the past few years or since i've picked it up even a lot of policing within the atheist community that atheism doesn't have to be this hardline movement and condemning those atheists who are giving us a bad name. Right. And so my point to her was that feminists need to do that. Feminists need to have their own policing. And instead of apologizing to me for these so-called feminazis, you need to go and talk to them directly and be like, look, this isn't helping our cause, this is hurting our cause. And she said that that's happening, and there's a lot of feminist groups who are speaking out against the hardline feminism approach. And I'm like, great, that's what should happen if you want feminism to become relevant and to or to stay relevant, <clears throat> depending on, on where you stand on the issue. That kind of makes me think about when we were at Reason Rally. In rela in relation to what you're saying about feminism, it it reminds me like how when we all screamed atheists at the same time, we were all realizing we are all unified around a certain core set of values. So if they could just 
again, unify under a certain core set of values, it would seem much more cohesive and just specific and not, necessar- right word, but... not necessarily only unifying under what they do believe, but disassociating from what they don't believe mm-hmm. and what they don't practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that hardline uh, anti-male thing that's out there, yeah. the stigma that's attached yeah. to it. That That's the same as the militant atheist yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. I made the point that, you know, because this was about, uh, this documentary was about rape. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, obviously... Audrey and Daisy, right? That's what it yeah, was? Yeah, Audrey and Daisy, it's called. And, um, uh, you know, it's just like, obviously, I feel like we can, we're at a place where we can uh, criticize the feminist movement because we are all in such agreement about how just horrible... Actual sexual assault and rape really is. I don't think that anybody who has a problem with feminism is in support of raping people. Oh, yeah, no. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I agree. Like, obviously, just because you might not be a super feminist or uh, even describe yourself as such, you're not going to necessarily be a friggin' rapist either. But, like, I was, me and you had briefly talked about this a little bit before. Um, I was asking you how, like, the mental illness aspect comes into rape. You know, is there a mental illness involved in terms of the development of a rapist? And if you could just touch on that real quick. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with a number of different factors. I mean, people who were sexually abused themselves are far more likely to end up committing sexual assaults later in life. That's Mm -hmm. one thing. And then people who are bona fide sociopaths who don't have the ability to empathize with others. Yeah, that one um, makes the most sense to me. Because to... And I'm speaking academically. I don't mean like that. That's the definition. I just mean for me, that one definitely makes the most sense. The sociopath aspect. Yeah, because I mean, again, like, you could think feminism is stupid but would never find yourself accepting a scenario Mm -hmm. where you're forcing yourself on a person, you know, not even bring sexual preference into it. Mm -hmm. That would never occur to me to be an acceptable thing to do, and that just seems very baseline. I'm sure it's because I'm not a fucking creep, and I get that women have to... Just by going through their daily lives, they have to deal with the full range of creepers out there, from the guys who are just gonna... Hey, girl! Yeah, that kind of (laughs) shit. All the way up to the full-on rapists. Mm -hmm. It's a spectrum, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily justify the man-hating mentality that a lot of feminists have, and Mm. enough that it's become broadly associated with feminism itself. It's a shame that we've gotten to the point that we have to redefine the word. Because I feel like it's just completely lost its meaning. Feminism means this to this person and this exactly. to that person. And it's just, it's getting to the point to where it's just, nobody even knows what it means anymore. Like, I, you said before about, like, we need to have a fourth wave feminism if we're just going to do this. Like, if we're going to do it, let's fucking do it, you know, and, and figure out what it is. It, it has to be something that means a thing. It can't be so, like you said, it can't mean one thing to one person, one mm-hmm. thing to another. It has to be something. And that way, when the feminazis come out, whether it's us on the outside or other feminists, being able to say that's not what this is. 
And just like how we can look at militant atheists who's uh-huh. just that's being exactly an asshole was just and being like, look, you're doing it like, wrong. you're just being a dick. Yep. That's not atheism. And we saw that a lot of the reason rally again. To we did. And, and we can. <laughs> and I fell into it at one point too. Like, <laughs> I, you, you, a couple times, dude, easy, easy. <laughs> and, and yeah. You, you and can quickly fall into that trap. And I maybe that goes the same for feminism. I'm yeah. not sure. Well, I mean, the whole echo chamber uh, uh, thing definitely uh, uh, lends itself to that, where yeah. you know it's just polarizing. You become a feminist, and you talk to more feminists, and you just get more polarized, yeah. and a harder and harder yeah. line. Uh, and the you know, you, you go from the center. Yeah. Yeah, and then you end up just looking for it everywhere. And if you're looking uh, for it, you're gonna find it. And, uh, so that, 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 that's kind of where I stand on it. I think even after seeing something that was heartbreaking to see what these young girls mm-hmm. were going through, um, I think I can separate the fact that obviously that's wrong. Obviously that's horrific to deal with, but I still stand that feminism as it is today it, it is gratuitous and, like I said, this girl uh, says that feminist groups are beginning to police each other for this very reason. And if that's the case, I'm all for it. We're I'm, making if, the moves. Yeah, if you can reclaim the term and, and have it be something positive that really is uh, fighting for equality for all, simply highlighting uh, how women are disproportionately affected by uh, you know different areas of oppression... Then I'm fine with that. I I don't have a problem with that. But it's it's becoming a point where you can't even you can't even criticize it without being without being a a, a chauvinist or a sexist or or whatever you want to call it. I wonder if the it, there. I mean, um, there's a lot of issues with the whole unifying. But I wonder if the lack of a figurehead is you know a big part of the lack of unity because because i was thinking as you were talking first wave feminism first person i think of gloria steinem second wave second wave feminism the first thing i think of is voting and i can't remember who it was that was like I mean, point is, is there was somebody I mean, that... The women's suffrage movement itself right. had, a, had leaders. And yeah, had and there was... Heads. Right, and then now third wave, believe it or not, the figurehead was Jane Fonda, you know, because it was the free love, you know, women can do what they want with their bodies, etc. and so forth. So I wonder the advantage or even disadvantages of having a figurehead would be, I think... I mean, it's not like you can elect... You know the leader of the fem- the feminist movement, no, but there but... you there is somebody that they should be able to look to. Yeah, you know, and I, I I agree because again the the new as I mentioned before the new atheists definitely help exactly reclaim exactly. that because we have we can look to to exactly. uh, Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris and people like Bill Nye and and even though he won't admit it uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> People who are are about truth and about like you know the lack of faith over over evidence based uh, uh, conclusions and positions and you know again that's semantics that's technically still faith that's technically still you're believing in in something like that but it's not religious faith it's not anything like that. Um, 
and uh, I, yeah, I think you're completely right. And you know, you said you can't elect someone, but nobody elected Sam Harris exactly, to be a, right. a leader of the movement, right? But he emerged. He, he yeah, as he emerged, such. and the, as the grassroots movement, it it kind of uh, worked to to more concisely define what atheism is, and more importantly, what atheism is not. It's not believing that there is no God. It's not hating... Susan B. Anthony, duh. There you go. <laughs> uh, it's not hating religious people. It's simply not holding a belief in a God or gods, and that's all it is. And anything else is superfluous. Mm-hmm. And anything else may come along with with uh, uh, being an atheist, but is not part of atheism itself. And I, I don't know. I think that's that's where that's where I stand on that. And people have tried to explain that feminism is not just man hating. It's not. It doesn't exclude minorities. But neither does any of the other things that we talk about, like we were mentioning yesterday about uh, how I think that these issues are are uh, w- would still fall under the umbrella of of the equality movements that we support and talk about any any in particular what do you mean uh, any of the any just movements just humanism egalitarianism just equality in general just treating okay. people uh, based on merit if you're a nice person you get treated like you're a nice person if you're an asshole you, we treat you <laughs> like an asshole such a novel and, concept and that's I mean, what it, i don't get it 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 trying to to assign all these different isms and necessitating that that uh, feminism be part of the, the zeitgeist, mm-hmm. um, it, it's, again, I just think it's counterproductive. And I ended that whole thing with, you know, I'm always, I'm always down to be corrected. So if you can, if you can show me a way that we need feminism specifically, as opposed to a general fight for equality, whatever you want to call it, then I'm open to it. But I just haven't seen it in the many, many times, in the many, many ways it's been explained and presented to me. Yeah, and I think it gets, well, obviously it gets generalized, because I was going to say, and you can't cheat and just be like, well, feminism should be, because you should have to specifically like define what you mean by feminism. And I, I mean, I don't, I guess you don't owe me that if I'm asking you to explain what feminism or uh, where you're going, but at least give me some sort of definition of your feminism. Because like I said, it means something different to almost, well, not, uh, no, I can't even say almost every woman I talk to. Cause so, but so, a lot, but uh, enough, go, go enough. Ahead. Yeah, right. There's like, I, I know plenty of women that are just like, ah, who gives a shit? It's just another thing for other women to bitch about. But then, of course, we've got the complete other end of the spectrum, like we were talking about the feminazis. It just needs to Damn. go through that Damn revolution that or it needs to die off. It needs to be co opted by another movement that is more defined and more productive, or it needs to itself become more defined and more productive. Thanks, you pulled me out of that hole mm-hmm. for me. There. I, I could just that's, completely lost I, I mean, my that's really, that's really all I feel like there is to say about that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what else, where else to go with that. 
I, I, it's well, we, we've definitely unpacked a lot about it as much as we can based on what we do actually know about it. And, and I mean, since we don't really have a lot to go off of, there isn't really much to talk about at the end of the day because one, you know, specifically the podcast, one episode we could be talking about feminism and it means one thing and two months later, you know, four or five episodes later, it's something completely, you know, altogether different, yeah. you know, yeah. just as anything else for that matter, but. And I would, I would love for, because I, you know, obviously I want, uh, for women to have, as, as it's part of what we do is fighting for equality for people, and mm-hmm. women are included in that. So I would want to have a definition that we could support feminists and not and not feel uh, ashamed or or whatever to say, yeah, we're male feminists. But I would never, sure. I would never do that as of right now. Yeah, no. Because that's not. I don't support what I can't define. Yeah, and I, yeah, I was just going to say, I can honestly say I wouldn't even know what to tell people if they asked me, okay, well then, or or why? Why are you a male fem? I don't know what I would say, because I do believe, like you just said, the equal rights of all, but I wouldn't know how the hell to tell somebody that I'm, I'm a, quote, male feminist. I'd have no idea. I'd have no idea. I would just be like, oh, I don't know, I just think everybody should be treated the same, so I guess I just fall under that umbrella. Yeah, so I guess, like, by definition, in the same way that Neil deGrasse Tyson doesn't want to identify as an atheist, we would technically be male feminists. I, yeah, I guess. But I guess. I don't Correct know. us if we're wrong. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> fuck, what do I know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I read that, um, I read that Joe Rogan thing. Oh, shit, I was just thinking about that. Word up. Um, I'll, yeah, let me refer to you first. What did you, because you're the one who put me onto it, so what did you think of it when you first read it? Well, as an article itself, I thought it was, you know, just a good article. There's a, yeah, there's an article, uh, about, I think it's from onit.com. It is, yeah, Um, it's from Onnit. You know, Joe Rogan turning 50, looking back on his life, uh, and all that. There's a bunch of quotes from him, and, and it's kind of... Kind of trying to give a, a well-rounded picture of him. Um, I think there's a lot of times that he's been pigeonholed as one thing or another. When when he is one of those people that you really can't put in one category. Right. Uh, he's someone who... <laughs> that was my post. He's not just Fear Factor people. Yeah. He's not just Fear Factor. He's not just MMA. He's not just uh, uh, fitness. He's not just... A stand-up comic, which yeah. most people don't even fucking know about him. Like, I talk to people about Joe Rogan, oh, the guy from Fear Factor, and that's where it ends. Yeah. That's where it and ends. And that was a long time ago. He hasn't done yeah. that in a long time. Ten years, I would say, at the least, was the last... Yeah, because that'd be 2007. I don't think it was around that long. Yeah. I, I graduated know. high school in 07, and I don't think Fear Factor was still on, so... But I thought it was a good article. I thought, in general, it was a good read. Um, I just... I I did like the... um, I guess you would say how it chronicled some of his experiences and the people he's known. Like, it was really... It was just really cool. Just straight-up cool reading about what Brian Callen had to say about Joe Rogan. Because there were a couple quotes about how he's, 
just such a hard worker and um, just a good dude, I think was one of the quotes from Brian Cowell. I'm going to pull it up in a second here, but I just want to get this out first. Um, and, uh, you know, stuff from Eddie Bravo is in there. Um, who, uh, I, you know, a couple, couple of his close friends, his, yeah. you know, his inner circle, I guess mm. we would call it. And it was just really cool to read what they had to say candidly, not on his podcast, not, uh, yeah, just not on his podcast, because I can't think of any other platform I'd hear them talk about him, or to him for that matter. So it was just really cool to see what other people had to say about Rogan, and um, I don't know if we mentioned it, but it's celebrating his 50th birthday, you yeah. might have mentioned that, okay, my bad. Um, but yeah, so it was supposed to be a little reflective, I guess, and I it wasn't as reflective as I was hoping it was going to be, and it almost read, almost, what do they call those, a listicle, a listicle essay? Is that what that, uh, um, because I mean, it was just like lesson one from Joe, life lesson one from Joe Rogan, you know, a little bit. It was can, a little more long form. I wouldn't necessarily call it a listicle. Um, that is a thing, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, those <laughs> okay. are more like the BuzzFeed like top ten things. And right, it was, and it wasn't like that. Yeah, don't get, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like that, but it. All right, I guess I'll give it to him. That's just how he formatted the uh, the article, yeah. you know, just one quote at a be, time, one did, lesson at a time. They did mention um, the... I didn't realize that it was on uh, Brendan Schaub and Brian Callen's podcast, The Fighter and the Kid, when um, uh, Brendan Schaub got knocked out by uh, Travis Brown. And it was on the podcast, on a, and Brendan Schaub didn't know it was coming when, when Joe Rogan, uh, as they put it, gave him a little intervention, saying that, dude, I don't think you have what it takes to become a, a, a top contender in MMA, and you're, you're putting your body at risk, and oh, you, yeah, you have other yeah. talents that you can put out there and you know now he does comedy he's got a number of podcasts that's actually what they he said the reason he got into comedy for mostly was because he his body and i I'd, I'd, I'd like to go back and actually hear that because it's interesting how honest he is and i think that level <laughs> of honesty and that brand of honesty is is something that we openly try to emulate because we, mm -hmm. we really appreciate it. And uh, so there was the thing with Brendan Schaub, and then they also brought up uh, the the thing with Carlos Mencia. Ah, when yeah. I think they were at the Comedy Store yes. in, in yeah. L.A. where Carlos Mencia was on stage, and Joe Rogan goes up and straight up calls him out as a joke. And, and he's like, dude, you're a fucking joke thief. And uh, Carlos Macias trying to defend himself and just miserably fails and <laughs> looks horrible. And they even mention, they're like, look where Carlos Mencia is now. Which is, nobody fucking knows. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, it's, it's just like, you know, you, you have to have that that bruntness and the 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 courage to the be balls, that yeah, yeah to yeah. be that honest if you want to have the kind of life where you don't have to walk on eggshells and 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 be so deliberate about everything you say because you just naturally are an honest person and and you say things and they might be a little they might not be received so well but because you have branded yourself as such an honest person that you can you can uh, uh, you can get away with that. 
That was a great video to watch. They were like, they were close to, oh, was close yeah, to yeah. Uh, getting into it. And of course, Joe Rogan would beat this shit out of the fucking... Oh, oh my god, man. that's not even fair. That'd yeah. be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of fighting, the uh, I've heard the continuing rumors of, uh, of uh, McGregor versus Mayweather. Now, I saw something... A statement from Dana White saying that there's nothing in, there's nothing inked, there's nothing set, but the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas has been uh, put on hold for June 10th, uh, and so that I doesn't. I guess it's fine that it's just oh, it's already all done, and they're just waiting to just drop the bomb that it's going to happen and when yeah. it's going to happen. You I know can't, what I mean? At this point, it's so far into it. I don't see how either of them would would be able to save face it not happening. Because both camps, whether you're in the Mayweather camp or the McGregor camp, you would just it would just come off as, oh, he's a pussy, you didn't want to fight him. And I don't... The egos of either guy, I don't think would would uh, allow that to, to happen. Out, yeah. <laughs> and, That's what I'm and saying. Then, you know, I feel like it's already been inked and we just don't know about it. And like I said, they're just... They have some marketing strategy to just drop the bomb. Like, yeah. it's just been blown up so much. It, it's got to happen. So, like, let's let's just get it and, done. And realistically, it's not. It's going to be a boxing match. So Dana White doesn't have the same kind of power to say this is not going to happen or this is going to happen. He's kind of good point. He's got a. He's got his interests in in uh, McGregor, but apparently. I don't know the specifics of what the Ali Act is, but it's some some contractual thing where they he can't say that McGregor can't be in the boxing match. So Mayweather well, maybe like an athletics like a state athletics yeah thing? something like that. I don't I don't know exactly what, what was it the I'm gonna the I'm Ali gonna, Act because you got me curious now. Um and. Uh, like, somebody commented on something that I posted about it. Like, oh, I don't get it. Like, what do you mean you don't get it? Like, it's a cash grab for anybody who's involved. Hell. Dana's going to make money off it. Connor's going to make money off it. Mayweather's going to make money off it. The UFC's going to make money off it. The boxing say, promotions the are going to make and money. everything alone. Yeah. And for the fans, it's just a spectacle. Who wouldn't want to see that? Whether yeah, you're dude. a boxing fan, whether you're an MMA fan, whether you love... Bam. Done. Yeah. Imagine taking the NFL, like an NFL, you know, just NFL versus basketball or something like that. Like getting the NFL fans and the basketball fans to all watch the same event. Yeah. Like that's huge. And because it, not all MMA fans are boxing fans, nor vice versa, for damn sure. Like, I'm not a huge fan of boxing. I do like it, and I, you know, I'll watch it if it's just, like, on randomly. But I'm not, a, I'm definitely a bigger fan of MMA than I am of fucking boxing, yeah. for sure. And I mean, you know, to use your, your comparison of NFL and, and what do you say, baseball? Ba- basketball, for the or basketball, side. yeah. Like, those, the skill sets aren't as, as analogous as boxing and MMA, they're both combat sports, mm-hmm. uh, you know, McGregor is mainly a striker, uh, and even though Mayweather is far more experienced in actual boxing, it's not something that, uh, McGregor's not used to, and, and, um, 
it's something he could definitely pull off, you know, and somebody made the point about how, you know, he's going to get dropped, this or that, and how, you know, he didn't do so great against Nate Diaz and whatever. It's like, yeah, but he had to worry about Nate Diaz wrestling and taking yep. him down and submitting yep. him and kicking him. Everybody it's trains like, for specific fights, like, yeah. you know, so he's just going to adjust his training when he knows that he has to fight Floyd Mayweather, you know, like, not to say it's that easy, but at that level, it probably is that easy for him. At his level. <clears throat> and, and, I mean, I, obviously, as an MMA fan, I would love to see McGregor just fucking murk yeah. Mayweather. Yeah. Particularly because Mayweather is a defensive fighter. Yes, he is. And Connor is not going to let that fly. Like, he's not just going to chase him around the ring. And McGregor's fucking quick as shit. So even if he were, Mayweather were to be, to play defensive, I think that he, uh, uh, McGregor could match that. And by, you know, the middle of the bout, if, mm. if, if Mayweather's just running away from him, he's just going to fucking stand there and be like, what, you little fucking bitch? Come at me. <laughs> like, you wanted to fight? Let's do this. Don't fucking run from me. And, and that's where you take Mayweather, even though he's on his home turf of the boxing ring, you take him out of his comfort zone of just dodging and, and laying and uh, uh, just playing his defensive game mm-hmm. and make him go on the offensive. Because, you know, he's much older. He's has oh, the, he has the reach disadvantage. So, just by points, May, or McGregor definitely has the ability to, to outpoint him. And I don't think that the Mayweather, who hasn't been in the ring since what? Oh. 2012, something like that. That that sounds about right. Don't quote me on that, but that's I mean that. I, I mean yeah. we're talking about a fresh, young, under 30 fighter. I don't know exactly how old Mayweather is, but he's older. He's old. He's at least mid 40s. I feel like at least. I guess. And I so not no disrespect to him, but it's just it's not as simple as. People are making it. It's like, oh, it's a boxing match, so obviously Mayweather's going to win. It's not that fucking simple. Well, that's what you got me thinking about sitting here now that you bring it up. Um, McGregor being such a good boxer and such a good striker makes it that much better, obviously. And it makes me wonder if it was a different superstar of the UFC that for some reason had this beef with Mayweather and it you know would evolve to ooh are they ever going to fight are they ever going to fight it might not be nearly as intriguing if it was somebody who's a more so a ground guy like you yeah. would obviously know a name better than I would off like the top a, of your I don't head. know just some Matt Hughes okay example. yeah there we go because somebody in, who's in their main game is wrestling or mm-hmm. the ground and pound or jujitsu where it doesn't translate as directly. Right, and that that exact point is like, if I were to hear Matt Hughes versus Mayweather, I'd just be like, that's, that's not going to happen. That, that's not going to happen. Being that McGregor is such a good boxer and striker, it, that's like, yo, that would be sick, and it just it just fuels the fire, and it fuels the anticipation, and the want for it and like that just like oh that shit would be so badass because of how he is as an MMA fighter so not only is it an advantage for McGregor being an, uh, a boxer that's an MMA fighter but it, it makes it just better for everybody 
that he's the superstar that happens to be having this beef with the superstar of boxing, and it's just all working so well. It just seems like it's been poetry so far, yeah. and it's just we need to finally culminate. We need to get to the end. And again, it's it's one of those things where you know Mayweather's for, retired forty nine and zero, so that's just a, a a tricky number because it's not fifty. And so if he wins, if it happens and it wins, he hits the 50 mark. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, Rocky Marciano was, was, that was his record. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just short of it. So he either, you, you either see Mayweather finally get that 50 and, and really cement that legacy as the greatest boxer ever, or... You see a young rising star in, in a different sport come in and take down the, the, arguably the greatest boxer ever at that and and make it forty nine and zero to forty nine and one. Bro, Giants Patriots two thousand seven yeah. eighteen and one. There it is. Yeah, like, same exact. That's thing. what it is. Same exact thing. And again, uh, the fan bases coming together if. Connor was, you know, to beat him if it happens. Like, people might say, yo, let me check this UFC shit out. Yeah, like, can man. you imagine, dude? Oh, my God. And the same, I guess, could go the other way, too. Like, we might be like, oh, wow, this boxing shit's pretty cool. However, I guess it wouldn't be that easy because boxing being a big part of MMA, it's kind of not the same. Yeah, it's so, like we're yeah, already getting that. Yeah, um, so it's not the same the other both ways. But, yeah, boxing fans seeing a fucking little... You know, scrappy fucking dude bat bounce around the ring with fucking Floyd Mayweather. Well, They're gonna not be like, so little. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, I mean, look, look at me. All right, like <laughs> everybody's fucking little. Um, like seeing that bounce around the ring when I'm used to just like two dudes. You know, I'm you know got my Dukes up here, just kind of swaying back and forth. You know, moving their feet and shit, dancing around to this little guy who comes at you like a fucking. What are those little monkeys that fucking go, whatever they are. Spider monkeys. Yes, that was what I was saying. Yeah, like, he comes at you like a fucking spider monkey. Boxing fans are going to be like, whoa, check that shit out. That looks pretty fucking cool. But, of course, there's going to be the purest boxing fans that are just like, yeah, yeah, fucking MMA fan. That shit's fucking stupid. That's gay. You know that shit's going to happen. Which I don't, I fucking, I don't understand. Like, MMA is so much fucking... Brutal, more, so much more brutal and bloody. And it just seems so much, yeah, just so much more raw. And just, that definitely plays to the man in us, you know, and our hormones and all that shit. But then, like we always say, how much do we love the women fights? Yeah. You know? And not, so, you know, they're not all Paige Van Zants. No, they're, they're not. not. And, and it, that's not why we enjoy them. It, yeah, it's, no. It's, it's really because there's good martial arts being displayed and they're uh, just as entertaining as the men absolutely yeah and it's only it i mean just in the past couple of years it seems like women have grown so much in ufc oh definitely i mean the so the, the fact that the ronda rousey age has come and gone mm-hmm and that mm-hmm. she was undoubtedly the top she was considered best pound for pound and and the sport in one year and just over a year passed her by yep. and the amount of, of, of evolution that occurred in women's MMA 
was so exponential that one year out of out of the cage and it, it passed her by. Yeah. And we just finally And uh, she did just look so behind the eight ball yeah. in there, you know? And we just watched uh, finally UFC oh, 208 yeah. Yeah. became available because uh, we missed that when it was live. But um, we finally were able to see it on Fight Pass. It was it was blocked out for a while, but it finally became available. And I mean that was a fucking war. That was a brawl, dude. Yeah. And those are two tough motherfucking chicks. Yeah. Talk about a war of attrition. Just fucking, oh yeah, just not even able to advance on one or the other, just taking it from each other the whole fucking time. Because <clears throat> home, she was trying to, but mm-hmm. Dur- uh, Deronda was just so, not necessarily ready, but definitely capable to keep herself safe. And so it was more so, like, yeah, it was like a fucking war of attrition. Everybody just tried to save themselves instead of killing the other person. That was definitely an interesting fight, and yeah. and I was talking again about how that's one of the great things about MMA because I already knew the results, and it, I had forgotten, which was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah, I already knew the results, but I was no less excited to see the fight itself because it's the display of the skills that's what's exciting. You know, when you watch a football game. It's like if you miss the game and you record it, but you find out who wins, then it kind of ruins it. Oh, yeah, that is not the same. Yeah, I agreed 100%. 100%. And that's like upcoming uh, at uh, UFC 211 when uh, Jersey native Frankie Edgar and, and vet, UFC veteran uh, is fighting uh, a relative newcomer, definite rising star, Yair yeah, Rodriguez. Sure. Who is Mexican, I believe, uh, and I—that's the other part of it—is I want to root for Jersey, and I want to root for this kid who's really bringing a lot of new techniques to the sport, and I don't have to pick a side no. I, in order to enjoy it. I can fucking just and either watch. way you're gonna be stoked about who wins, yeah, because it's gonna be like Jersey or Snoogs, yeah, year one, you know, like yeah, so either way. And the performance itself is going to be something to to write home about. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. That's going to be a really, really good one. I'm looking forward to that one. What about this fucking weather, man? Oh, God, don't even get me started on the fucking weather. If you're not... I feel like such an old man. Oh, my God. If you're not uh, from the general northeast coast... You might not be uh, fully aware that we're in the midst of a fucking blizzard. Yep. Or nor'easter, as they call it. Good old nor'easter. I'd never heard that word. No, they call it, dude. No, 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 no. It's fuck. Come on, bro. It's hashtag blizzard twenty seventeen. Come on. I don't. Uh, I don't. What are you? Uh, sorry, it's <laughs> because your sarcasm is lost. On <laughs> because yeah, before. Like, Monday at, like, 12 o'clock, Blizzard 2017, not, uh, no, it was probably Sunday, Blizzard 2017 was trending on Twitter, so I was just saying, like, it's not called a Nor'easter or a Blizzard, it's called fucking hashtag Blizzard 2017. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was, we got probably, what, a foot of snow? Easily, originally, easily. And then it cleared up, 
And then during the day today, it was it started snowing again. I would I would Middle say that March. was pretty damn close to blizzard again today. Middle of March. Yep, I'm we glad can't... I left our wipers out. I'll say it again. Oh, speaking of, Jesus Christ, this fucking weather. Yeah, I go out to, your morning, pal. Yeah, so I go out to my car this morning, and, because I, guess who had to work? <laughs> um, we did it yesterday, and um, it's like I was telling Lush, just as, a, just as an aside, as much as it sucks having to fucking work these long hours and shit, I, since I missed yesterday, we had the day off, and then last Friday when we had the snow, I had the day off too. That's two days out of my paycheck, so when I bitch about all the hours I have to work, I can't really bitch because I need to make up for those hours. So anyway, for, like, so for today example, Mike and I were the only two techs that came in. The other guys weren't even called to come in. And, like, I could bitch and be like, damn, yo, why the fuck am I the one who's got to be here to do this? But it's like, mm, I'll take those four hours, though, because I was only there for four and a half hours. However, I didn't know my morning was going to go as it did. And uh, now I regret having to go in. How did your morning go? I went out again, I was going out to my car, ready to go to work, you fucking all bundled up and shit, I had my Snow Joe, go check it out on the All Really Amazon shop, it's on there. com slash Amazon. I got that um, from my brother for Christmas, things a lifesaver. Um, so I'm ready to go, I'm ready to scrape my car off, get in the car, fucking plow myself out of the parking spot, let's do this. So, parking lot's fucking black ice everywhere, and I'm, you know, I'm lo- as I'm walking to the car, I'm looking, I'm, you know, rubbernecking to try to see how bad the snow is in front of my car. Not worried about what's on the car, I can fucking get that off and be on my way. But I'm thinking, you know, how am I going to have to shovel out in front of my car? So I went out there relatively early, knowing I was going to have to at least clean off my car. So, usually the plan is, as anybody usually does, is start the car, clean the car off while the car is running, let the heat come on and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So, I get in my car, go to start my car, and nothing. It doesn't give me the battery sound, like the battery's dead, tick, 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 I don't get that. I get no engine crank, I get nothing. I, nothing coming out of my head unit. It's like I'm just getting absolutely no power whatsoever. So then I think to myself, self, um, remember that time? I'm pretty, you're pretty sure that you broke your power locks in the driver's side door. Well, I started thinking maybe the, the power locks button had been stuck on since Monday night when the last time the car was run and it drained my battery. So then I also got to thinking, well, if that didn't do it, Maybe I accidentally set the alarm on my car, and the only way the car lets you start it by after setting the alarm is with the remote unlocking it, or by um, there's a, there is another way I can't remember what it is like. It, there's some sort of pattern. Like if you get out of the car, then press lock and shut the doors, the alarm does set. But if you get out of the car and lock it with the key, it doesn't, or one or the other. But point is, I couldn't get my fucking car started this morning. While in the freezing cold, there was bricks, and I'm talking bricks of ice, or ice and snow. Not just like some, you know, powder here, some powder there, and it's, oh, it's a winter wonderland, fuck me. No, fucking glaciers, man. Like, if I needed to, which I didn't have to, and we'll get there, I wouldn't have physically been able to shovel my car out because it was that rock solid. I would have needed an actual metal spaded shovel to fucking dig my car out. No fucking snow shovel is going to get me out this morning. 
So, car doesn't start, and now I'm thinking to myself, it's either the battery was completely shot from sitting out in the cold and the power locks being run all day and the other night and me not even noticing, or my battery just, or yeah, the fucking alarm system thing. So, I'm starting to freak out now. My anxiety's kicking in. I'm like, you know, I still gotta go pick up my, I mean, even just talking about it, I'm sitting here fucking scratching my neck because I'm getting anxious <laughs> thinking about it. Um... And I'm like, shit, I'm going to have to call Walt, tell him, tell him I'm running late, I let Mike know I'm running late, blah, blah, blah. And this is all 8.30 in the morning. Um, so I call Walt, let him know I'm going to be running late, he can't get my car started, he didn't give me any shit. So that was like, first deep breath. Let Mike know, hey man, can't get my car started, you know, bear with me, second deep breath. And I mean, Mike doesn't care, just that it was one more thing to worry about, having to go pick him up every fucking morning, which sucks. Um, so the long and short of it is couldn't get my car started and I didn't have my jump box because it's in the work van because Andrew has to use his own tools in the work. I mean, he doesn't have to, but Andrew wants his own tools because I like my tools and I don't like other people's tools. So I have my tool bag and my jump box in the work van. So guess where they're not my trunk. So I wasn't able to just pop the hood and see if it was the battery, throw the jump box on it, and if it still, if it started, great, I'm fine. The battery was just dead for some stupid reason. If it didn't start, okay, fuck, it probably is that security thing. So I look up how to do that, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to do that when I get home, how to reset the security thing. I'm going to have to do that when I get home from work because it's going to take, it, by reading it, it takes like half an hour to do this reset cycle. So I ended up coming back in the apartment waking you up, having a fucking take your car to work, which I really appreciate, because I, I texted Walt at, like, 8.45, having to be at the shop at 9, and still pick up Mike, and I was just like, yeah, man, my car is not fucking starting, I might have to get a cab just to get to the shop, and, like, I was very seriously considering it, but I was like, you know what, Lutch isn't working today, let me see if I can use his car, so I came back in, I got your car out of there, thankfully it's all-wheel drive, because I just fucking rocked that bitch back and forth, and she walked right out, um, but then I get home, and long story short, the car's running, we'll see if, if it starts in the morning, but it just really fucking sucked, and then to have to just be playing out in the damn snow at work for four hours sucked, plowing, moving snow with the bobcat and all that shit, and I hate to sound like I'm just bitching and bitching and bitching, <laughs> but, like, if you weren't out there in the cold today, y y you can't relate. Like, it was just fucking terrible. Like, and just, ah, like I said, my anxiety, I was getting so stressed out, because then it was like, shit, if I can't get my car started later, what am I going to do? How am I going to get to work tomorrow? I'm going to have to get my car down to my parents' place so I can have my brothers help me fix it. Because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I think I know what the fuck I'm doing. But I really only know this much when I think I know this much. But I don't know a fucking thing about car electronics. <laughs> so, like, and this is seriously all just spinning through my mind at, all at once. And it's just like, bro, just get the car started. If you can't get the car started... Then we move on to the next thing. Ask Lutch if he's working tomorrow. If he is, you can't use his car. If he's not, uh, maybe you can use his car. You know, and it was, it, ah, and I don't know how I got myself to this Anxiety. point. Anxiety. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was just going to say. But, like, that was just such the epitome of, A, my life, uh, or I should say a microcosm of my life, just things going wrong for no reason and when I'm not expecting them whatsoever, not like you're ever expecting something to go wrong, I guess. 
but it, it was just bad timing, terrible weather, having to go to work, and knowing that it could be a future problem had me fucking just reeling. And I, oh, and I meant to tell you, and I'll say it on the podcast so you can't get too mad at me. I did smoke a cigarette in your car. Um, only I've one. I've already though. told you. I don't care if you. Smoke I know, but I, I mean, you don't smoke, so I don't like doing it. I just I, that's just one of those things. I think it's disrespectful. That's why I don't even think to smoke in here. I just think that's disrespectful. You know what I mean? So like, I had, but I had to. I got in your car. I got pulled out of the parking spot. I cleaned off the car because it was um, in the shade. So I was like, you know, let me at least get it in the sun before I try to clean it off since it was solid ice. And I get in your car, and I was just like, I, I said out loud, sorry, dude. And I lit the cigarette, and I went, and like, I mean, I was just so fucking stressed out. At, at 9 o'clock in the morning, it sucked. I'm sorry, I went off there, and I feel like I've been talking forever. But that's how it felt. Like, that, there, there you go. That, that's a day, that's, a, that's an hour in my mind. That's a minute. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That like, there you go. That that's a little window into my soul and into my mind. Well, we are live on Instagram now. Uh-huh. Uh, Scott B is here joining us. He's uh, he's asking if you want some help with your car. Cause that's... I appreciate it. We have talked about cars before, so I know he's definitely got some sort of know how. He corrected me and said his three fifty was a small block and not a big block, so I respect that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I did get it started. Um, we'll see in the morning if it starts again. Um, because when I first got my car out of the parking spot, I was, uh, like I've, I've told him before, it's stick, and um, I was I was trying to rock her back and forth to get her out of the parking spot, and I stalled out going into reverse at one point just because I had lost traction, and I went to restart it right as I had just jumped it off of your car, and it didn't crank. So I had to go back over to your car, pull your car back around to my car. At least I didn't bring your keys in at this point and had to walk all the way back in for the keys. But yeah, I had to swing your car all the way back around to my car, hook the jumper cables back up and jump my car again. Then I'm so nervous about it. I end up fucking driving the car around our apartment complex for at least half an hour and then sitting in it for another half hour, smoking like three, four cigarettes, trying to calm myself down, worrying about if it's going to start or not in the morning. But I've... My coping mechanism is the jump box is on charge, so if the battery is dead in the morning, I can at least jump it that way. If the jump box doesn't work, I know I've got my cables, I can come in, snoo your keys, and jump it, and I can just jump my car till the weekend, I can take it down to my parents, and me and my brothers can look at it and figure out the problem. So that's what it's like to have anxiety. Holy shit. That's uh, that's a little peek into the mindset of, yeah, because I go through, when shit like that happens to me, same kind of shit, and, uh, but like, like I'm you said, sorry, I <laughs> fucking went off, dude. Like, it's one of those things where it happens, and it happens often enough that it's like, it's a part of life, and you need to, you need to learn to be able to deal with it, because it happens so often, and mm-hmm. like, the littlest thing will will trigger it because at the end of the day if you you know if you were half hour late to work that's not that big of a fucking right. deal and but i'm it's in the moment so hard to be mindful of those things yeah, these days in the I'm moment so hard. it doesn't feel like that though it's like what the fuck am i gonna do i'm gonna everything everything's wrong 
everything's just going to blow up. Yeah, exactly. And I go to Walt, and he's just like, all right, cool. You know, all right, kid, I'll see you when you get here. I've been here since 7 o'clock in the morning and fucking four feet of snow. They didn't plow the parking lot, so I'll be here when you get here. So I was like, all right, word, he doesn't care. But yeah, dude, in the moment, you're just like, fuck, 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 fuck. Everything is wrong that could be wrong right now. But yeah, I was 15 minutes late. Nobody said a word. Those 15 minutes meant nothing towards what Mike and I were doing during the day. It's not like I had to be at like some specific job at some specific time. I was just going into the shop to clean up snow. That's all I did all day. You know, I got got to drive the big dump truck and plow some snow, which was fun. Um, but, yeah, like, you don't realize in the moment with anxiety how bad, how not bad it really is in the big picture. Because, like I said, I was 15 minutes late and made no difference in the rest of the day. No difference. A general piece of advice for people who uh, experience that type of anxiety and don't necessarily uh, don't necessarily have the tools to to uh, bring themselves out of it, and kind of would just devolve into a panic attack from that point. Um, it's close. It was close. Was close. Uh, I mean, I guess the main point the main point is that you know that's something that the both of us deal with on a regular basis absolutely and so you might get the idea from listening to the show that you know we just fucking have our shit together and you know we never whatever 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 we can be positive that's what and... you think you ain't listening <laughs> you ain't hearing but um <laughs> the the yeah that's the the point is that we definitely deal with those type of that that type of shit and it there's there's no one but yourself who you can rely on to get out of that mm-hmm. and it's it's different for each person but there's there you know we talk about mindfulness which is a, a very general way to go about it but uh because that can mean so many different things in so many different ways um but point being you have to develop your own uh, way of getting yourself out of that hole and not falling into that downward spiral. Mm-hmm. And um, especially people like us who've who've uh, in the past gone to to self medication and things to deal with that, mm-hmm. which is not recommended. Nope. <laughs> it's possible to kind of. Not just get over it. That's not at all. Uh, but if what you I'm stop and process what's going on, it's anxiety is one of those things where it attacks you like that in such a way that you don't necessarily know that that's what's going on in the moment. That's the worst. You could know how to get yourself out of it, but if you don't know that you're in the position where you need to get yourself mm-hmm. out of it and you're not mindful of the fact that you're experiencing anxiety more than you're just angry about a problem or whatever the case may be, then you don't know to apply the method, the, the coping mechanisms that you rely on. And you know. But I mean, with that said, this is very therapeutic for me. You know, there you the go. recording is very therapeutic because I'm just... Getting it out there, and it's it's just taking the weight off of my shoulders and just taking that deep breath. Like, I wasn't able to do that before. I don't know if you're anything like me, but it's it's funny or ironic or however you want to put it. It seems to be, like, 
the bigger, when big things go wrong, <laughs> I tend to be able to deal with it much Absolutely. more easily. It's the little things, like... The trivial yeah, shit. That is just like, why can't this just be the way I wanted it to be? Yep. I just wanted to fucking start my car and go to work. Yeah. If we're that, you know. Yeah. Uh, then... And, and it's just those little unexpected curveballs like those at you that, that that just throw a wrench in the system and it's just like, ah! And maybe that, you might have just hit on something there. Maybe that's, you know, because we're so existential as well. Like, maybe subconsciously we're just like, fuck you. Like, fuck you for throwing me that curveball. I've been getting fastballs right down the pipe for the past two days and now you're going to drop that 12-6 curve on me right now. And, like, we might not realize that that's what's happening, but we're just, like, we just get so angry because we're, like, why? It becomes that cycle of questions. I didn't ask to be born. I didn't ask to be put in this situation. Really, I didn't it... ask to be put in this situation, you know? And me being, having the belief in the illusion of free will, it's just like, if this didn't happen, then this wouldn't have happened, then this wouldn't have happened, and it's, oh, God, here I go again. And it does. It gets, it goes Fuck. there that fast. Uh, if you can relate... Uh, please share your story. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether you're... Let us sympathize, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whether you're on iTunes or YouTube, uh, or allreally.com, there's a place for comments. Please let us know in the comments, or talk to us on Facebook, or Instagram, or wherever, and, and, uh, let us know if you have experienced this kind of thing. If you need help. If you, yeah, if you need help with it. If this is helping you to understand maybe somebody else in your life who has anxiety, who you just don't quite like, because I can imagine if my dad were to listen to this. He took the words out of my mouth. (laughs) Took the words out of my mouth. And it's sorry to cut you off, but I mean, it even happens to me at work when like a problem needs to be solved or something needs to get done and like everybody's making suggestions and I just, I'm just standing there going like this, just processing, just stroking my beard, processing and finally, I'll just have to be like, everybody just hold on a second. Just hold on. Let me think. I'm processing. Well, here, Scott says he's still going on with the car. Like, the point is, it's not about the car. It's right. about the anxiety. Right. That's the whole point, is that the, the, car, the, car the car is not yeah. the problem. It's the it's the mental process and the inability to step outside of it and to, to, to break the chain of that downward spiral. So I'm going to guess, Scott, that you don't have the anxiety like that. Uh, because it, it, that's how it seems to the outside observer mm-hmm. that you're just obsessing over this problem. I'm that's not really a fucking out. Yeah. big problem, which isn't untrue, but that's not all that's going on. It's right. not just about the car. It's about, I appreciate the, the help, but it's not just about the car. And I mean, Scott, we're not, I'm not, you know, picking on you, but, um, uh, just to, to clarify, it's a, a mindset and it's a sickness that affects you and it takes you over and and it takes a lot of work to be able to combat that and people like us have to 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 deal with that in addition to the little problems of of everyday life mm-hmm. and and so the little problems become bigger problems because they're compounded by a mindset that makes you feel like it's a much bigger problem than it actually is and it and and be the, the unbeknownst to ourselves yeah and the fact that you don't realize at the time that that's what's going on is is the main problem it's mm-hmm. not the car i mean just to give another example to show how it's not just you know about the car um it's like like i envy mike uh oklahoma the guy i work with on pools and um because he's so 
laid back, mm-hmm. so laid back and relaxed, and is a, and is a and you know a very good problem solver in his own right, uh, especially if it's something mechanical. Um, but like for example, there's been a few times, but I'll use one specific example for sake of the argument and sake of the story. Um, we were working on a pool together one time and we were fiberglassing it. And, uh, if you do it the certain way, you're going to make a gouge in the surface of the fiberglass. You're going to literally make like a, a divot. I did that. I fucked up. I, and it made about a gouge that was no bigger than three inches. And I know that it was as simple as ripping off a piece of fiberglass kicking a bucket of little baby bucket of resin fixing it you get you get my point it was a such an easy thing to fix but i apologized for days to mike about fucking up and putting a gouge in it because i know how important it was to not how important it is not to fuck up on these jobs and everything but then again i just said it without even realizing it it's not a big deal to fuck up on the jobs because everything we do is fixable. Right. And whole is it's all good, Drew. It's all good, Drew. So like I have gotten to the point with working with Mike to where I can separate and be like, it's all good, dude. We can fix whatever I fuck up or whatever he fucks up for that matter because he, you know, he fucks up too <laughs> sometimes. But point is is it's not just about the car. It's not just about fiber the fiberglass into the pool. It's not, it's not about it's not just about whatever problem the situation is is yeah. in front of you. It's about the mindset. And that applies to every aspect of life. Whatever problem you're dealing with, if you're somebody who has anxiety, it ceases to become about the problem that's in front of you and it becomes about your own mindset. At the risk of beating that horse to death. Yeah, yeah. Again, <laughs> sorry, have, uh... holy shit. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's a good, it's a, you know, again, the another reason we decided to go through with this episode, even though we didn't necessarily, we weren't necessarily as excited to record as we usually are. Yeah, look what's um, manifested. It's something that's we thought was relevant to you guys to see that side of us as well. But so we do have a we do have a again we're live on Instagram so we do have a question from Ray uh, R Hayes eleven um, is asking about how underfunded the arts are in education so a little bit of a, of a swing there but um, since you're the the education major I know you you've been. <laughs> <laughs> No, I loved it. I, I was very serious about it. I loved um, it. yeah, I'll I'll let you go because I have my own thoughts about it. But you were in, you were in, kind of inside. Mm-hmm. So pose um, it to me again. What's what was the question um, again? I, I I just asked about general topics, and he says how uh how underfunded are the arts in education? How underfunded are they? Like like how un- not how underfunded. Are they? Oh, sorry, but I don't know. How they are underfunded? Oh, I, I think in, it's. I, I mean, I think it's terrible. I think it's absolutely terrible. We were talking last night on you know part one, as you'll hear, uh, as you already heard, I should say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <right. laughs> um, the performance that Bo Burnham put on, I won't go back into it, just to you know say the same exact shit I was saying last night. But I think art is so important, 
and more specifically so important to a child's development and a young adult's development because it's a it's a means of expression it's a means of creativity and things of all that you know all the things not to be a dick but you know all the things you've heard before about arts in schools you know i think it's a travesty that they've been underfunded i think it's terrible that they just they're the first things to get cut, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I got wind of, um, we had two jazz bands at my high school when I was there. It was the main one that went on competitions, the Jazz Ensemble, um, uh, State Champs 2007. Um, and then there was the Jazz Band, which wasn't it, it wasn't competitive, it was just simply extracurricular. I got wind that a couple years ago that got cut just because school needed money and it was like well jazz band they don't compete they don't do anything for the school and it was just like whoa fuck you we don't do anything for the school the jazz band doesn't do anything for the school maybe not like um that explicitly to where there's a a give and take or there's a physical tangible return on what the jazz band provides for the school but what the kids are getting out Absolutely. of the jazz that's what band. i was gonna say and i mean uh, again these are things we've uh, we know these things. We, these are the arguments we've heard before. I think it's terrible. I yeah, think and the I mean, you know, the arts is terrible. I, and when we we talk about the arts, it's not necessarily just you know uh, music, music yeah. and painting mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And also, you know, things that you would get a bachelor of arts. Yeah, you know. Oh, that's, that's uh, like we go. talked uh, in our in our episode with uh, Dr. Feldman. We talked about how the philosophy program mm-hmm. was about to be uh, cut and. These are things that, because they don't necessarily uh, directly translate into a profession and a career, or as uh, Ray just brought up again, you know, the sports, how br- uh, that brings, uh, brings something to the school, because they don't directly do that, they're, they're valued less. Yep. But when you talk about... Oh, but when we won the state champs jazz ensemble my senior year, the school was sucking us <laughs> off. We got a fucking bit in the paper. We got uh, that jacket I wear sometimes that the school bought us those and shit, all because we bought a, brought a big-ass trophy home. You know? I mean, I mean, and I get it to an extent. But But what they don't get is that what education is for is not just a means to get a job and to get uh, or the trophy it's not a means to to get a job to get money to it's it's a the the arts in general and whether it's music whether it's philosophy whether it's psychology whether it's any of these things they have to do with building a complete person being, uh, uh, preparing That's one of, people. Isn't it one of the eight parts, uh, eight, eight ways we learn? Is, isn't there a musical way that we learn? It's one of the theories of cognitive development, not Piaget, but there's another one where we learn musically. You know, some people learn logically, some people learn mathematically, and, you know, et cetera yeah. and so forth. Music is one of the ways we learn. But it's so it's so important to have the balance because we do yes, need those those yeah, hard those yeah. hard uh, not necessarily hard sciences but hard topics where it's facts and it will give you a direct skill and, and you know it'll get, get, uh, prepare you for a job. But outside of that, you find a lot of times when people who don't study any kind of arts to any significant degree, they do find a job. But they don't find anything outside that. When we talk about life fulfillment, all these things that, uh, you know, in any way that we've talked about it, 
it's hard for people to to uh, find fulfillment outside of finding a job and and supporting mm-hmm. yourself and eventually supporting your family and whatever it is that it it becomes it's important for students to be able to develop the skills to uh, to do the things we're talking about, you know, whether it's anxiety and dealing with anxiety uh, or just just dealing with life as it comes and the the curveballs that life throws you, and it has to do with a way of thinking, the creativity, the the unorthodoxy of thinking, of the you know the the celebration of of your uniqueness, and all those things tie together into becoming somebody who can. Uh, operate in life and not become one of those people who's got a stable job at 35, 40 years old, but then realize they have no other life fulfillment. I, I think the uh, that's that's really what the arts do, and 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 at the at the the highest levels, the arts really drive the sciences. You you yeah. you you have artists and uh, musicians and comedians which you talk about a lot and all these people putting out these creative ideas that are then able to be explored by the hard sciences that otherwise we may not have ever uh, come come to or or would have come to at a much slower rate or on a much slower path because we don't have the creativity and the, yeah, the outside of the box say. thinking yep. that comes from the arts. The, the fact that thinking. there's not a right and wrong answer that you can you can yeah, craft you your own uh, way of living. And I think, especially now in the internet age, when things like this podcast are becoming—not this podcast particularly—not becoming very popular, unfortunately. But, <laughs> but, we're gonna but, get the, we're gonna but get podcasts the. in general and Ooh. and online content and uh, things like that, which are breaking away from what used to be a bit more independent and have become corporatized. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's. It's hard for people to get into it and to understand it because they're not primed for this independent thinking, and I, that's that's it's just a travesty that that the the arts are not um, respected by the bigwigs mm-hmm. as much as it should be because it doesn't it's not a direct return, and I have to believe that that's because they may not have had experience in the arts and that kind of thinking and so therefore they don't see it that way they just it's all about the bottom line it's all about the return it's all about whether they you what bring you home the trophy yeah yeah and that makes me want you just said something that makes me wonder what if what if we're on a cycle what if our generation ma- makes that change you know what if there's enough people like us that do get into the education system and make that change and make people realize oh these aren't just a bunch of fucking kooks or a bunch of band geeks or a bunch of hippies or a bunch of weirdos or a bunch of fags that paint or draw or whatever. You know what I mean? Like maybe someday that stigma will finally be dropped because of people like us in our generation being more prominent in the education system. Because obviously right now it's all those old school, you know, we got to win football, got to win baseball, got to win the soccer games, all that shit. Um, And there's, 
you know, there's schools out there that really respect their arts. Like I was just going to say, I think that we're, you know, uh, as the pendulum swings, mm-hmm. I think that we're in the midst of a, a swing where liberal arts uh, and, and just, yeah, the arts, the arts, we'll put it that yeah. way, are now becoming, uh, because they've been so neglected and underappreciated, that they are uh, the students are taking up uh, interest in them mm-hmm. and maybe too much to the uh, point where where it it plays into the narrative that the arts are not important mm-hmm. because it's like oh well, I'm a dance major and I'm blah 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 blah, blah and that really is not going to get you a job but gets diluted it, but that is played against a background of the corporate uh-huh. you know returns uh-huh. thing that we were talking about. Yep. So I think, you know, as the pendulum is is swinging back and forth, we might be getting to a place where uh, it's not just the students who are respect. It's not just the, especially liberal uh, schools mm-hmm. that are respecting these, that, that uh, there's a resurgence in respecting the arts, which I think is, is a, a good thing, you know, especially, you know, we had our episode on the golden age of television mm-hmm. and how important some TV shows have been on social commentary shit. and and some movies and, and I, I mean, music's TV, in the shitter. Art. Music's in the shitter. Yeah. Uh, popular yeah. music's oh, in the shitter. Man, but a lot of other areas um, are, are becoming a bit more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, talking about, you know, science and philosophy and things like that, we have our Neil McGrath Tyson's who are bringing it back to the mainstream and, and, and getting it to uh, garner the respect that it deserves. Jason Silva's a great fucking ambassador between the two because he's seems like such a cool guy, but he's clearly just another one of us. <laughs> so he, he's definitely a big one for that shit, dude. He's a huge ambassador between the two. He definitely. he he can he can help narrow that gap yeah. for sure, and I think I do think it is happening. Yeah, I hope I hope I hope so, I hope so because I really do think it's important. So I, I hope so, I hope we're right about that one. Yeah, and I mean, um, so those of you on Instagram Live right now, we are kind of running a lot longer than we thought we were going to yeah. run. Um, yeah. So if you guys have any other uh, topics you want us to bring up before we uh, end this podcast, uh, now is the time. An episode in itself. Yeah. Damn. And um, if uh, you're listening to this later as the podcast and you want to be uh, part of the the conversation. We've been going live in every pretty episode. Pretty much every episode so, the past five or so, uh, at least. You know, you know, pretty much, we go every other week, first and 15th, 16th, depending on, on uh, the, how many days are in the month, but for the most part, the first and the 15th are the new episodes, so the week or so before that is when we typically record, um, so pay attention to, to, to our Instagram account. And uh, if we go live, then come check in and see uh, <laughs> on uh, what we're doing, and and you might be you might get a shout out, and we yep. might talk about something that you directly want to address. Um, so the last Which thing that I think we're going to be able to address uh, is a, a question about uh, the awfulness of Common Core. 
Uh, <laughs> if you listen to our episode with Mr. Rigotti, then uh, we got into that a little yeah. bit. Sorry, um, but if you missed it... Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to dick, but, but, um, but seriously. And I, I don't know a lot about it, I've heard a lot of terrible things, but I think this, again, plays into that same mindset that, uh, that has made the arts less of a priority, is that we're looking for results, we're looking for a way to standardize it and, and simplify what shouldn't be or can't be simplified and broken down and generalized uh, when when it's the thinking of the arts that that would go directly against this common core shit that that would make it so obvious that that's not an effective way to teach kids because of how unique kids are and how unique people are and how uh, uh, wide of an array of life paths people are going to follow after their learning in grade school. Yep. And so if that was understood by the people in charge, mm-hmm. then I don't think that Common Core would even be a thing. And I do think it's yeah. awful. I think it's something that, that from what I know of it, uh, you know, the, the greater standardization and, and, and stuff like that is, is not helpful. It, it uh, in the short term, it tends to, bring uh, uh, a band-aid type of result that in a political sense people are looking for mm-hmm. but in the grand scheme of helping our nation uh, or, or or the generation grow and evolve in our society and and have them by the time they're adults and they're running the country uh, uh, make it so that we're at a better place than we are right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's. I don't think it's it's accomplishing that by a long shot. No, it's. I, I get to use my favorite phrase. It's the quintessential antithesis, actually. <laughs> like because one more time, the quintessential antithesis. It's my favorite phrase. My drum tech told my drum line that we were the quintessential antithesis of a drum line one time in high school, and it's just always stuck with me. Shout out to Kalnick. Um, but yeah, no, because Common Core's goal is to generalize knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I am, I am. Generalize knowledge or generalize learning? Genuine question. Cause I don't. Um, because I think knowledge should be generalized. Knowledge uh, is, things are or are not, but learning and processes of learning and, and, and ways of learning are, are what shouldn't be generalized. Okay. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely would agree with that. Absolutely. I'm just trying to think of my definition now and how I do want to say that because no, I definitely agree with that. That's a very good point. Um, yeah, the goal. Okay. So let me rephrase that. The goal of common core is to, um, make everybody think the same way about what we're thinking about. There we go. Yeah. So the right, the ways that we think are being generalized and that's the that's the bad shit. We don't I, I don't like that. Generalized 
generalizing how we think. Yeah, I'm mean, not that I, but I mean, just yeah, to I mean, uh, it's just if that's dangerous. First off, you're creating. I, I mean, not to be a fucking crazy conspiracy theorist, but I mean, you're creating cults of children yeah. and high schoolers that's what I was that at, yeah. are just thinking all the same way and fostering an idea of conformity, fostering an idea of it's okay to just follow whoever is doing every um doing what seems to be the right thing to do or what's supposed to be done um so again getting back to how the arts play into that it, common core wow yeah they really do fucking conflict. it just cl- yeah that wow i've ne- i never put it so specifically as we just did but yeah, they really do fucking contradict each other when you really unpack it like this. Um, because, it, yeah, wow, I never, never did that before, but quite, quite the, quite the contradiction. Yeah. Common Core and the arts in education. <laughs> Ray says four words: rage against that machine. <laughs> and uh, I think that's a perfect sign off. Yeah, I think, that'll uh, do. It. Fight against, fight against the machine. Don't be another cog, baby. Fight against the the conformity and um, you know the the way things are established aren't necessarily wrong because they're established, but they have to be questioned and scrutinized in order to determine whether or not they are right. structured properly. And but that doesn't sound so crazy. I don't know why that sounds so crazy to right? some people. Right? That you just makes think, so much sense to You me. would think that it, it's... It, but that's not how people think. And I, maybe because it's something that we've so that thought for so long. Come, and man. because we are into the arts. We're into philosophy. We're into all those things. We're into music. We're into... I'm gonna say the more. Maybe it seems so obvious to us, but somebody who has just done, you know, math what courses they're supposed and guns to do business their whole and, life. Yep. Then maybe, you know, and that those are the people that get ahead and those are the people that get in charge, yeah. which is which is a sad irony. Yeah, that's the unfortunate truth. <laughs> that's the unfortunate truth. So maybe if you're you are a, a, a business major or you're a politician or an aspiring somebody in that Talking realm, head. then Sorry. then perhaps don't abandon that. No, but yeah. but uh, apply. Some Think about it more artful, a bit. yeah. In terms of the arts, thinking some some out of the box thinking, some individualistic thinking, some skeptical approach to some of this stuff, so that you know, while we're sitting sitting here just talking into a microphone, you can be out there changing policies and and affecting things in a more direct way by uh, affecting. Pro, art programs not getting cut and and yeah. promoting uh, uh, curriculums to be more individualized and and things like that. So, I, I that's that's your homework. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, thank you for tuning in. Those of you who are on Instagram, um, yes, those of you who you are not, me. join the conversation next time. Uh, it's fun when this happens when it ends up being a little bit of an ask me here and there and this is fun and uh, so you guys know all the places to get at us uh, YouTube, iTunes allreally.com please go hit up our Amazon store and buy some shit for us before they close us down allreally.com slash Amazon 
Um, oh, I'm going to go ahead and post that Joe Rogan article to the podcast Facebook. All right. So I don't know why that. I didn't do that already, but yeah, I'm going to go do that right Dumbass. now. Dumbass. Yeah, I was fucking stupid. <laughs> um, and, so, uh, so hopefully uh, our next episode will we'll be a little bit more excited about doing it, but uh, again, we flirted with the idea of skipping this episode because we weren't Couldn't really it. into it. Couldn't do it. But... Um, uh, as much labor as it ended up being, it still is a labor of love. Yes. Uh, it's something that we are glad to have done. Uh, it's something that we really want for you guys to have. Uh, we, we wouldn't want to, I mean, without patting ourselves on the back, without, it's not something we would want for you to have missed out on just because we were feeling lazy and um, we'll come back uh, in a couple weeks, yep. hopefully with a guest this time. And we're getting somebody. I'm finally will, gonna pull through on one of mine. Yeah. I, I, it's it's time. Yeah, and um, uh, just some more some more perspectives on shit, on stuff, on things. <laughs> so until next time. We are out. See you guys. Believe nothing except that anything is possible. Whoop whoop. Believe nothing except.